Blog Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. is at 80-40 and 2. Cuervo is 79-41 and 2. And I am sitting at six games behind Cuervo, seven behind Tarvin, 73-47 and 2. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just got to get better. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. May, I mean, th- this has been a tough year. I mean, we've had a lot of games go into overtime. So, obviously, uh, there are some people who um, didn't think for two seconds about certain games, and here they go into overtime. But a lot of things that happened, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, the Cleveland Browns may have made a mistake. Now, that's nothing new for this franchise. I mean, if you know anything about the Cleveland Browns, it may have been a mistake because the difference between the Cleveland Browns last year, the year before that, when Hugh Jackson was there, this team is actually competitive. Now, granted, they're not getting as many wins as uh, you would like them if you are ownership, a la 86 Hugh Jackson right out the door. But I'm going to tell you right now, this was a mistake because they were getting better, and it showed out on the football field. It's not like this was the, the 0-16 and the 1-16 or 1-15 before that. Guys. This was a totally different football team. Now, we talked about it. I mean, I don't know what the ownership of the Browns were expecting. Really, in reality, what were you, what were you expecting Hugh Jackson to do? To get them to the playoffs when you got three teams within your division that are consistently in the running for the playoffs, and you have been out of it. What was he supposed to do? 
I'm serious. This makes no sense whatsoever. Letting Hugh Jackson, he got screwed in Oakland, and just as he's bringing this team together, playing together, being the way that he needs to be, that Cleveland Browns let Hugh Jackson must have a kick me sign on the back of his on the back of every shirt that he has. I don't know, guys. I'm going to tell you right now, it's pathetic that they did this to him. Pathetic that they let Hugh Jackson go. Now, I'm not an expert. Well, for what was expected, but the expectations of this football team could not have been make it to the playoffs. How the hell? That that makes absolutely no sense right now. How do you... I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But the only thing I do know is that I watch the damn games, okay? So, in reality... Can we talk? Joan, you're right. How does Hugh Jackson, who was 131 the year before and now team playing better out on the football field, team showing it week in and week out, it's... Obviously, a better football team. How that makes absolutely no sense. Let me talk. I know, Joan. Joan, I know. This is a complete. Where's the kick me sign for Hugh Jackson? Because if it wasn't for Hugh Jackson, they would not have been where they are, which is in almost every single game that they have been in so far this season. So I, I guess I'm going to find out from my co-host. It is Cuervo on a Sunday morning. Hugh Jackson, he's out of here. Yeah, Sonny, good morning to you. I, I mean, you know, it, it, it almost seems like as soon as something goes good with the Cleveland Browns, they find a way to mess it up. You know, and... <laughs> And, and to put the cherry on top, not only did they fire Hugh Jackson, the head coach, but we, they said, you know what? Our offense is starting to to pick it up a little bit. I got, I got it. Let's fire the offensive coordinator, Ty Haley. How about that? <laughs> all right, all right. Why not? Why not? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just seems. It, it just seems. Like like craziness that's going on. The fact that even happened, it makes no sense to me. But, hey, what do you expect from a franchise that is known to lose all the time? I mean, may, maybe they just wanted to continue to lose Cuervo because that's exactly what's going to end up happening. This is going to be a shot in the ass for this uh, football team and not in a good way. A lot of times you get a shot in the ass, it's a good thing. And it's not going to happen. And, and it's a horrible, a horrible move for a franchise that was served And Hugh Jackson must really have the kick me sign on the back of his shirt. He's got to be the butt of everybody's joke, evidently, um, because just as he gets everything going in Oakland, what do they do? Kick his ass on out of here. Same thing happens here. It's pretty pathetic. 
That having been said, there's even more news that's out there as far as that is concerned, Cuervo. And we can go to the Arizona Cardinals, and I get to say I told you so. The Arizona Cardinals get rid of Sam Bradford. And not only that, I was reading the article. I couldn't remember the numbers, but it was in the millions that they are eating just to get rid of him. I mean, millions. This guy clears waivers, and they are done. They're stuck with it. But the question will be, Cuervo, is there any team in the NFL that would pick up a Sam Bradford right now seeing what he did as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned? Well, I'm sure there's a team, Sonny. I mean, you know, you, you are they going to about... pay the money that they're going to? I think it's twelve million. No, that's that's the only downfall. Like there's there's teams out there that could use a, a, a you know solid backup in Sam Bradford, uh, but um, you know whether they're willing to pay the money is is really the question. Uh, that that's going to be the hard part for a lot of teams. But you know, look. That's the one position that that we and we've talked about it multiple times on this show. Look, if you're going to overpay, if you're going to bite the bullet for for any position on on the on a football team, it's going to be the quarterback. Um, you know, you have to really take a take a with a magnifying glass, take a look at what team would be willing to do that. Though, I mean, the teams that come to mind for me could be uh, the Miami Dolphins. Or Don't say it. Don't say maybe, it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Look, what I saw Thursday night was absolutely well. The little bit oh, that I did see was, was mind blowing. What a pathetic performance! Pathetic. Well, no, no. I'm talking about I'm talking about the 49ers and that whoever that quarterback is, Nick Mullins. Like, yeah, the third I, rounder. Who? Where? Who? Where? Who? who? What? 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 <laughs> yeah. So now here's the question though, Sonny. Like, do you do you honestly believe that he can perform like that consistently? You know, and if the answer is no, then who's to say that the 49ers wouldn't be interested in, in pursuing Sam Bradford? Now I know they've already invested a lot of money into quarterbacks. Um and it's, it's for that for this season at least, as you can see it, it kinda you know, went down the toilet, but I mean, you, you, you bring them on, you bring them on for the season. I mean, you, sometimes you never know. Look, it's a warm weather place. So you don't have to worry about poor old Sammy, you know, being cold and, and, and <laughs> being uncomfortable. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking Bay area weather, baby. Like I'm sure uh, the, four, the Niners probably have what, four or five games left at home this season. So, There is not one football team out there that is suitable for this man at the quarterback position. Backup, maybe emergency backup would be best. I'm telling you, the Arizona Cardinals, I warned this football team that if you're going to bring in a retread, bring in a retread that is going to at least be in consideration of the Hall of Fame, or you go ahead and start your rookie quarterback. I said it, I said it again, and look at Carson Palmer, look at Kurt Warner, and it all started with Kurt Warner, where they turned that franchise around, because this was a football team that had never made it to the Super Bowl ever. So they did what they were supposed to do. 
trust me, Sonny, every team would love to have a quarterback that is, you know, on their way to Canton, Ohio. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen, you know. The, you know, you don't you don't get the you're not not everyone's as lucky as the Green Bay Packers. Thirty years worth of Hall of Fame quarterback play, uh, you know, in your franchise, um, you know. So every every team would love to have that. Unfortunately, every team doesn't get that. So forever they should have went after Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I, now granted, he's uh, not a uh, he is not a uh, super uh, uh, Hall of Fame bound, but out of the two, I, I just don't understand how come Teddy Bridgewater has all of a sudden became a bad quarterback after his injury. I'm missing it. He only turned the Vikings team around big time, um, so I'm missing the whole situation about how come all of a sudden Teddy Bridgewater is not a good quarterback in the NFL to start on any football team. Makes no I sense. don't think people. I don't think people say that Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback. It's just teams are not willing to risk bringing him on. I mean, I mean, well, he's in New Orleans now. He's backing up Drew Brees. So, oh yeah, that's now, a great place for him. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, and he hasn't even seen the field yet. So, I know that that really. <laughs> Hasn't really worked out for him. I mean, Taysom Hill, for God's sakes, gets more play time than Teddy Bridgewater he's does. So. I'm supposed to be the franchise player. And he's we in, he's in practice, practice. Cuervo. That, yeah, I mean, listen, we're talking yeah, about Alan. practice. Not practice. a game. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. But practice. We're talking about practice. Look, his knee, look, that knee injury was bad, okay? And, and I get That's it. That's what they say. I get it. I can see why teams would be nervous. At the same time, though, I mean, look, sometimes all, all it takes is, is an opportunity, a chance. I mean, the, the, my, the Miami Dolphins, when they had the opportunity to get Drew Brees, didn't want to take that chance. How do you think they feel about that today? I mean, that was, what, 12 years ago? Imagine how that franchise would be different right now had they just taken a chance on Drew Brees and said, you know what? That injury shoulder was pretty bad, but I was Ricky we're going to give you a shot. My Cuervo, i got news for you. This is a football team, the Jaguars, turned down a chance to trade Dante Fowler, who ends up on the Rams now for Teddy Bridgewater just two months ago. This was a bad move. The, Jaguar, the Jaguars are making a huge mistake, and I know why they're making the mistake, and I will. I, I, I right here today, it is the 4th of November. If the Jacksonville Jaguars get Eli Manning, I am done with them. I will not root. I'm never going to pick them for anything, but that is the talk. But the Jaguars turned down. I mean, they, they traded Dante Fowler to the Rams, for God's sake. They could have got tra- Teddy Bridgewater. They should have done that two months ago. They dropped the ball. And Cuervo, that, that might be the biggest miss so far, as far as at least as the Jacksonville Jaguars are concerned. What did what did what did you guys get in return for Dante Fowler? I, I I don't remember that part. Was it a third round pick, fourth round pick? 
I don't remember what it was. I just I remember the news. It just happened a couple of days ago. I forgot what they got for him. But whatever it was, Cuervo, it, it was probably at least a second rounder. I'll look that up. Uh, but it was at least a second rounder. And I'm going to tell you right now, that was a huge mistake for them um, in reality for the Jaguars. But at the same time, this is one of those guys. This is one of those guys that decide, you know, that – that's kind of got a, you know, he's not been in the starting lineup. He hasn't been the guy that they were going to do. So here it is, uh, two mid-round uh, mid, uh, picks for him. Followers traded at the deadline last week for two mid-round picks. I don't what know what mid-round mean. Yeah, well, I don't mid- know what that means either. Just, just say what round it was. I don't know. Yeah, that, thank you very much, know. unless it's not okay. been put out there. Did I lose your Cuervo? Oh, that's Cuervo. I think he accidentally muted. There he is. Okay. Uh, but, I, yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, it, it was uh, – here it is. He's, he, uh, the, the final part of it is he was traded for a third-round draft pick. Now, Dante Fowler has had some injuries and things like that. Um, and even in reality, um, they actually benched him for, you know, you know, for a game. Uh, but that having been said, they could have turned to Teddy Bridgewater. This is a football team that could have turned to Teddy Bridgewater. And we should be talking about the Jaguars in the playoffs. And, out of all the guys that are there, and this, and you know, of course, I could rip on them all day long because this was a big mistake. They should have done something in the off season. They didn't do it. Now, I don't know if they're selling the camp on this young guy, but I do know he had an injury problem. Um, when then they benched him for a game, um, and I don't know what the benching was all about. But um, that whole situation there, Cuervo, for the Jaguars is huge as far as that's concerned. Two sacks. Force fumble so far this season before, um, you know, and the Rams get this guy. The Cuervo, the Rams get this guy. Like the Rams need another, you know, guy um, that could make big plays. I know, right? That's that's it's pretty crazy, Sonny. So. That's so far what's going on in the NFL. There's some other things going on because we're going to get to them in reality. But the Chargers, they go ahead and put Kaiser White on the injured reserve uh, list. Um, Raiders uh, released – well, it's reported that they are going to release Bruce Irvine. I mean, might as well. I mean, you've – Flushed this. Uh, John Gruden has flushed the rate. By the way, let's get back to the game on Thursday night. It's a pathetic performance. I, I'm going to tell you right now, John Gruden has fl- flushed the potential of this football team down the down the toilet, Guerrero. Yeah, honestly, Sonny, I I don't know how much I don't know how long he's going to last. I don't see him lasting more than I'm going to give him two years. I say if if they don't at least. You know, because everybody knows the plan, right? Everybody knows what they're doing. It's it's the you know the the. But they the didn't mean to Cuervo. That's the point. I, that, I, everybody, you're right. Everybody knows what they're doing now. They're they're selling the farm. But they didn't need to do that at the beginning of the season, Cuervo. They had this was a football team that was actually being considered for the playoffs, if not making it into uh, a AFC championship game if everything worked out right. But it all started with the big move to Chicago. Yes, it did. And 
trust me, I, I thank the Oakland Raiders every day, and I thank every Raider fan I know every day for that trade. But, you know, when it comes on the Raiders' side, look, I mean, I I don't know if it was just an attitude thing. You know, Gruden saw something in these guys' attitude and everything from Khalil Mack holding out to maybe Amari Cooper was, complaining about not getting enough, you know, uh, passes thrown his way. Um, I mean, I, I, we don't – who knows? Uh, that that could be the story. And, and we, we know Gruden. He, he doesn't – he won't tolerate that mess. So – or, you know, the, the Raiders just want to get younger. I mean, they, they, they are a pretty old team. They just want to get old uh, younger. So maybe that's what it, it was. But – I mean, it was just it was just an unexpected situation where, you know, they brought him in to get ready for the move to Vegas, and, may, and maybe that's what it could be too. Is just it's just part of the transition from Oakland to to Las Vegas. I mean, I don't know, Sonny. Who who the hell knows? But you're right. Yeah. They they had a lot of good talent. They they were they were expected potential. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I was thinking about this. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Do you realize last year the Oakland Raiders were your Super Bowl pick? Yes, I do. That's the point. Now that's the point, Cuervo. They're they're not even in the discussion. They're 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 sitting at the bottom of the AFC uh, West. Well, well, now they're in the discussion for the number one pick. They went from being someone's Super Bowl contender or or AFC you know, representative to now they're getting the number, most likely going to get the number one pick next year. And it's mind blowing. That, that's how fast things can turn around in the NFL. Yes. And that, that's one of those things uh, that, that, you know, it, you know, that th- the team just had so much potential and they let it go. They dropped the ball and it could have been Gruden. Now, some other quick news before we'll get into it because I want to jump. I want to jump into some of the games. Uh, Chargers, uh, uh, they're running back Mar- uh, Melvin Gordon, questionable for us today. You know, no, they they don't necessarily need him per se. We'll talk about that one. And the Bills' backup quarterback Derek Anderson is questionable uh, for the game here against the Bear after missing practice all week due to a concussion. So um, that whole situation is something to look at as well. And um, some other just it's just some other uh, news. Uh, cornerback. Um, uh, let's see here. Where is it? Emmanuel Mosley. He's out for the uh, end of the, for out for the season. They put him on IR the, from the 49ers. And running, it uh, looks like running back Raheem Mustard, uh was uh, season-ending uh, injuries as far as that is concerned. Falcons uh, have Robert Alford and Matt Bryant. Uh, they've been ruled out for the game on Sunday for the Falcons. That is something to look out for. And the Jets and uh, wide receiver Robbie Anderson and Quincy Urana are moving closer to the return, but their ankles are really bad. Both of them have ankle injuries, so they may not be playing. So that's just some of the quick news that is up up on the board here coming into the first game of the week. Let's go. Let me go ahead and. Uh, it's six four six. Who is this? I think I know who it is. Hey, hey, fellas! This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. 
And so I thought, what's up, my brother? Hey, man, you're, you're Pittsburgh Steelers. What is going on with your Pittsburgh Steelers, man? I know you got some, I, man, some love. Three games in a row? Are we, can, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to do what I do when we get into it. You're Pittsburgh Steelers. Three I in a row. Talk. What is up? Man, I mean, you know, hey, can, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I got you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. You know, you know, it's interesting. I, 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 I like what I'm seeing the last three games. Team still has some warts, you know, so, you know, um, Sonny and Cuervo. I'm not, you know, let's see what goes. Let's see what goes on here. I'm, I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm always all in on my team, but I try to be very, very unbiased in how I see them. Um, I need to see the defense play, still play more disciplined. Right cornerback is still not solidified. It's kind of a mess. Artie Burns has completely regressed. Um, you know, his confidence is gone. He's given up way too many plays. And and then on the offensive side, you know, look, I like Feetner as the new offensive coordinator. So far, so good. He's very balanced. Not an ego play caller like Todd Haley. How about that mess? In Cleveland, but that's another thing. But um, but the one thing though that is, yeah, <laughs> the one thing though that's hurting Pittsburgh, I think, against defenses like Baltimore, is that before you know, you know, you got AB, we know what he is, but you've got Juju, you had Antonio Brown, I mean, you've got Martavis Bryant, you've got Darius Hayward Bay that can that can flip the field and take the top off, but now. Younger incinerate receiver, that third wide receiver spot, not as strong, which means that defenses like Baltimore can roll the corners up. Baltimore plays good team defense. That can make it hard to move the football if you're not getting Vance McDonald and Jesse James involved. Vance McDonald could be an X factor because the Pittsburgh Steelers are not as strong at the third wide receiver, which can be a big, which can be a big problem. Also for James Conner, because that defense can move up, they can sit, they can be more aggressive because they're not worried about that third yeah. guy being dynamic enough. Um, so, you know, this matchup today is going to be tough. Pittsburgh traditionally has a problem in Baltimore because Baltimore plays Pittsburgh tough. That's a rivalry. Throw the records out the window. Um, we need number seven to play like number seven and not show up like as the nickname Road Ben <laughs> over the past couple of years where he's just not yeah. gotten into a rhythm. But I think having Fickner call the plays um, will help. Um, but, but, yeah, and defensively, Pittsburgh just has to continue to get better. You know, I said it. I said in the beginning to some people, um, said in the beginning of the year, the defense may be better towards the end of the year than in the beginning. They're young. They've got a lot of moving pieces. I'm still not confident in the way it's coordinated. And, um, my confidence isn't sky high. Keith Butler, to me, is an average defensive coordinator. Uh, so, you know, the the Ravens know us. They, you know, I don't, I hate to say it, Harbaugh's a good coach. Um, they coach it well <laughs> against us a lot of times, which means if our coordinators aren't up to speed and they're not making adjustments, um, this could, you know, Flacco can actually do some things, um, even though I don't really trust him all like that. So we'll see. I got my Steelers winning, but, you know, they got to be a team on the rise. They got to coordinate it better on defense. They got to find a third wide receiver that can really step up. And, and, and help with Ben. So we'll see. Well, you know, I, I take a look at that one, and we might as well just jump into that game since we do got Bryce online. It is the Baltimore Ravens. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore 4-4, four four, their third place in the AMC North. Steelers are in first place. It's the atypical. It's this is this atypical AFC North 
smash mouth football, the bumps and bruises that happen in these two types of this game, because both of these teams are so physical. And I find it very interesting about the physicality more so than anything. The Steelers are physical on both sides of the ball. More so, the Ravens are more physical just on the defensive side of the ball. I think that could be the difference in this game, even though they are in Baltimore. But when you're looking at this game square, though, you've got that atypical, you know, in-division uh, in rivalry going on here that always brings the people to the TV, always people watching this one, Cuervo. Oh, yeah, Sonny. First, first I want to say what's up to Bryce. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, hey, thanks, man. I, 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 this is one of my favorite games to watch every year. It, it's Steelers-Ravens. You know, it was it was 49ers Seahawks for a little while, but that kind of faded away as we all know. But I mean, Steelers Raven, it don't get much better than that. I mean, I know we got Packers Patriots on Sunday night, but nobody's talking about this game. Why? No Everyone's so focused on Saints Rams, Packers Patriots, and and that's fine. That's fine. But this is this this right here is the hidden gem of the day. People, people are sleeping on this game. It's going to be, and it's always a good game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bryce. You would know better than anybody. It's kind of a weird rivalry because I, I, I get the feeling like the road team always has an advantage or, or finds a way to get it done. It, it, it's you know road warriors when it comes to this rivalry. It, I, I can't explain it. Normally, that's not how it goes, but that, that's. That's what I've seen so far in the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think you got real, you know, look, there's a technical side of it, and then there's the eye test, right? So the technical side is, since 2003, Pittsburgh, I believe, is 4-11 in Baltimore. So the numbers would say, oh, you know, hey, got to go with the home team. But I tell you what, when you give it the eye test, I think you got to throw the records out the window because this, to me, is the best rivalry in football. And so, yes, you have a better chance to go on the road. You have a better chance to go on the road and beat your rival, even though Pittsburgh hasn't had as much success in Baltimore. They have been able to go in there in different times. Last year, 2012, Baltimore has been able to come to Pittsburgh, um, 2011, uh, 2000, uh, I, I want to say 2015 when we should have beat them, and come in and beat us because this rivalry is built on animosity, it's a true rivalry, even though over the years the respect has gotten there. It's going to be physical. I think that gives Pittsburgh an advantage this game because the Ravens' offensive line is terribly beat up. Um, and this type of hidden yardage is where how do you, how do you control a line of scrimmage? Can the Ravens offset that with their superior special teams? They got the best kickers in the league. So that flips the field from a punting standpoint. Pittsburgh's Jordan Berry, huh, he's average as a punter. That could play a factor. You always look up at Baltimore and you're like, how are they in these games? Flacco is J.R. You know, J.R. Smith, I call him J.R. Flacco. He could be, he could be 15 to 18, <laughs> 300 yards, but then next week can be one for 12. Like, streaky. It's the hidden yardage the Ravens wins. You know, hardball, great on special teams, old special teams coach. They got the best kicker in the game. They got – they got Cook, the best punter in the game. So he's flipping the field and making you go full length. They're playing team defense. 
They're doing all of these things to play complementary football. So I think that allows you to win on the road, uh, particularly against your rivals. So I agree with you, Cuervo. You can throw the home field advantage out the window. You just got to go in there and, and, and be more physical. Without question, and the Pittsburgh State. But here's one of the things. I was looking at this game. How are we going to pick it? Because you're right. You, you got the you got the heckle and jekyll of what you get with uh, Joe Flacco at the quarterback position. So you keep that in mind when the Pittsburgh uh, defense is giving up 451 yards, including 355 yards to the Ravens the last time they played. Whoa. So you look at those numbers and you go, well, well, can Joe do it again? And that's the question because you don't know what Joe Flacco is going to show up. And that's the problems with the Ravens. It isn't that mean. And plus, these two teams have been going, you know, like in total different directions since the end of September, as obviously we talked about the three-game winning streak for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in this one. And then you turn around and look at Baltimore. They've lost. They're one and two in the last three. So, you know, a little bit different area where they're going, but they are at home. I don't know how much of that is going to be really big in this one here to, uh, you know, uh, this one's one of the early games. And so the Ravens at 36-21 loss against the Carolina Panthers last week. And you want to know what was really big about that game is they looked like they were completely unprepared coming into that game. They looked like they had no answer whatsoever to the Carolina Panthers. But and, and the huge thing, the Baltimore's defense, they entered that game against Carolina ranked first for the fewest yards with 280 yards, first in the fewest points for 14.4, and then they were picked apart. I mean, I mean, it it was like taking candy from a baby with what Cam Newton did to them as he was 21 to 29, 219 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran for a 12 yard score and then gave him that pretty much put him out of the, you know, put them in the lead for the final 10 minutes of the game. So I'm going to tell you right now, this football team and Harbaugh, Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh is beginning to feel it on, uh, you know, on his backside, Cuervo. That's those char marks are becoming very evident on his behind right now. (laughs) (laughs) For who, Sonny? I I miss that. For Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, I mean, we talk, we talk about some guys, you know, who shouldn't have a job and I'm not saying that Jim Harbaugh should not have a job, but he should definitely be feeling the pressure of what's going on so far this season for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, Sonny. I mean, it, it, you know, you, when we've been saying this about the Ravens for years now, uh, that they're a Jekyll and Hyde type of team where, yep. you know, one day they'll come out and, and they'll look amazing, and then, they, and then they do what they did last week against Carolina and Cam Newton. So, um, you know, but, but I tell you, it, it, it's, it's, it's Steeler week. I'm sure that's what they're calling it in Baltimore. Uh, I, I'm sure they're more in hyped up for this game. So Baltimore is going to be ready to play. Um, here's I my thing. You know, when, when, when I look at this, you know, I think about, you know, tough defenses, right? Good, good running games. My thing is, is it's going to come down to a big play. And, and I know that sounds cliche, but what I'm talking about is it's, you know, Bryce was alluding to it. You know, you talk about those those fundamentally sound type football teams. Steelers or Ravens are are they're both fundamentally sound. 
They all they both right. do things. They they they, they uh, you know they execute pretty well. Uh, tech, tech, you know technical uh, things that that you want to see out of football teams. They do they do well. And but I think it's gonna come down to it's it's almost like a staring contest, right? First one to blink. Um, that that's what I kind of feel with this game, and and, and it's gonna come down to does. You know, does does a safety uh, bite on a play action and Joe Flacco hit somebody deep downfield, or vice versa? You know, does Ben, you know, does Ben hit somebody, um, you know, down the middle and, and the linebacker misread, you know, a coverage or or something like that is going to be the and, and it always happens that way. Unfortunately for the Steelers, you don't have a Santonio Holmes to tippy toe. Um, you know, in the back of the end zone, or Antonio Brown, uh, you know, might have to to reach and and use his, you know, stretch his arms out as as far as he can to to, you know, break the pile or break the break the white plane to to score. It's going to take something like that though, because I'm telling you, these guys don't budge against each other, Sonny. Absolutely. And, and Bryce knows that better than anybody. But it's going to take. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, was, ahead, I, I felt like I'm repeating myself, but yeah, it's going to take a, a play that that somebody missed their assignment or you know bid on a play action. That's what this game is. It's not going to come down to. It's never a blowout. It's never uh, you know just one showing their force or, or their dominance over the other. That when it comes to Steelers Ravens, you're not going to see that happen for years. It's not going to happen. But, and, but and, what could happen is, you know, the unexpected, a big play. And, or, just to think about it, the Ravens, they get a running back at the uh, deadline, Ty Montgomery. They get him from Green Bay for a seventh-round draft pick. What a good steal by them, by the way. Um, he, but especially when Baltimore's rushing attack is ranked uh, 24th. In, in, you know, in the league. So they needed some help there. And that can help Joe Flacco. And But here's one thing as far as when you're looking at everything, as far as how this game is going to be played, I don't think, and I could be wrong, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger's Cam Newton by any stretch. And I think Cam Newton was a big part of that game because of the threat of what he can do both ways, running the football and throwing the football. You don't get that. Joe Flacco is going to be a quarterback. So it will be all about Joe Flacco. It will be all about maybe getting a running game because Montgomery had 105 uh, uh, yards rushing and one touchdown on 26 carries. He also had 15 receptions and 170 yards. And he runs the football back off of the kick. So there's a lot of things that that guy in Montgomery brings to this football team that have been lacking for the Baltimore Ravens. So they get a little boost there. I I just, I don't like a, like I said, I don't think that, um, uh, and I'm sorry, Ben Roethlisberger is a Cam Newton. I, I think the, the acquisition of this kid at the running back gives them an option so they're not so stuck on Joe Flacco always having to throw the football. Um, and then you got the Baltimore defense. The Baltimore defense, even though, you know, that before that last game, they were they were up there in the numbers. I look for them to get back into it again. So I'm going Baltimore. Bryce, you're, you're going Pittsburgh, right? Sonny, where is your <laughs> blasphemous soundbite? 
That is just blasphemy. Blasphemy. But let me tell you why it is. You're right. Ben Roethlisberger is not Cam Newton in the sense that he can't run like a running back. But, Sonny, Ben Roethlisberger is the far superior quarterback. I mean, anytime you got Ben Roethlisberger on the field, you're going to have an opportunity to win the game and, and, and have him take over the game if he gets into rhythm, which is why Randy Feetner, the offensive coordinator, is going to be so important to call the right place to get Ben into a rhythm. Because if that happens, make no mistake – third wide receiver lagging or not, if Ben Roethlisberger gets on fire, there's nothing the Ravens defense is going to be able to do but sit there and take it. So let me just get that out the way right there. But secondly, you know, I think, (laughs) (laughs) secondly, though, I think if you, you know, I like Ty Montgomery. He's a good football player. I don't know what happened with that decision he made. That was just ridiculous. But I think if I, if I go away from the skill position, I look at again, what Cuervo was talking about, their hidden yardage. Can the Steelers be disciplined enough on special teams? Can they get better field position? Because the Ravens tend to win that. Can they win the line of scrimmage on both sides? The Raven offensive line is beat up. Both starting tackles are out. you still got to block to it. Hayward, Hargrave, you know, you still got to block T.J. Watt. So can Pittsburgh, can Pittsburgh win those matchups consistently to get them off schedule? And then on offense, can Pittsburgh's offense get the Raven defense off schedule? You know, one thing you saw, you talked about with Cam Newton, exotic run game stuff really got them off, really got the Ravens off their game, where they were able to dictate the pace and the tempo of the game. Now, you can do that with Cam Newton, but what you can do with the Steelers, because they have a better offensive line, to me, Pittsburgh is a top three offensive line. You get that offensive line going, and you don't get predictable. You play a little faster. You get the Raven defense off schedule, where they can't line up, get into exotic stuff, and really blitz your offensive line, and you can dictate to them, you got a good chance to get some tempo and get going. Get a lead on the Ravens. Make them play from behind. Doesn't matter where they're at. That's the type of football they want to play. So that's what I'm looking at. Watch out for Matt Filer. Marcus Gilbert, right tackle, out for Pittsburgh. Matt Filer stepped in in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is not Baltimore, though. Can he play well enough to keep the offensive line going and on schedule? Well, I agree with I agree with James Conner. Okay, this is coming from James Conner. I was reading this. I forget when it was, and I think it was after this loss. I mean, James Conner was a non-factor in the game. Period. There, he wasn't even. He didn't even show up. And so, th- one thing that James Conner said, and this is very important for Pittsburgh while they're in Baltimore, is they got to get off to a faster start because if they end up getting behind to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, what will end up happening is that defense will get that momentum. That defense will build up that confidence throughout the game to where when it does come to the end of the game, they're not going to be able to complete the ball. Uh, so it is all about the Steelers getting off really quick if they're going to win. I, like I said, I'm on Baltimore this game because the Steelers are so predictable at not getting up on the board and getting off to that quick start. And your running back even stated it. And that's I, I, I this is what I honestly think is the key to the game because if Pittsburgh gets behind in this game, it may be too late. So that's one of the another reasons why I'm on the Baltimore Ravens. Cuervo, who do you have in this one? Yeah, real, real quick, Sonny. Um, <clears throat> just kind of jump off, jump off of what you said. Um, I don't think either team's going to come off to a fast start. I think this is going to be a slow pace. Um, you know, maybe 
10 to 3 at halftime, 6 to, you know, 7 to 6 at halftime. It's going to be a very, you know, mellow, not very fast-paced game because that's how Steelers-Ravens always starts off, right? Always. Come fourth quarter, though, that's when that's when guys are going to start earning their paychecks. And, and, and I think when I was talking about, you know, who's going to make the big play, I think the advantage has to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers when it comes to that because they have the playmakers on their team. They have guys that are capable of doing those things. And it's not going to be Antonio Brown, okay? Everybody knows what he's capable of. It may not even be Juju because everybody knows what he's capable of. I'm looking at somebody different. And and now now correct me if I'm wrong, Bryce. I don't even know if Jesse James is going to play. I don't know if he's even active for this game. But I think he's a guy that people are starting to forget about just because of the success of the receivers, the success that that Connor's having. Uh, Vance McDonald has been getting more more looks yeah. and targets. But I think a guy like Jesse James could sneak in there and make a big play when the Steelers need it most. So that's what I'm looking at. I like the Steelers in this one. So, um, but I guess my question is, Bryce, is he even playing today? Um, well, two things. One, yes, he is active. Well, three things. He is active, too. You're absolutely right. This is why I bring up Feetner, Vance. But, but I like Jesse, but Vance McDonald, man, that guy's an athletic tight end. They've been getting him more and more involved in the offense. You know, sometimes he makes, he's prone to some mistakes, like just like not being on his details. He'll fumble the ball or, or drop a pass. But those, but that's my third point. Those two tight ends are why I go back to Randy Feetner. When you're lacking at the third wideout, you've got to be able to get other guys involved. Feetner's got to be able to put the right sets on the field and find the right matchups and use those two tight ends you just talked about because those guys are a weapon. Jesse James can be a weapon. I got the Steelers, though, winning this. Um, I'm going to go 26 to 20. Cuervo, what was your pick? It, it, it sounded like you're headed toward the Pittsburgh way, but in classic Cuervo uh, mode, he might make a left-hand turn. What do you got in this one, <laughs> No, no, Sonny, no left-hand turns this time. I'm rolling with Bryce and Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. You got it. So, now, we spent a lot of time on that one because that's the marquee came in the morning. So, that's why. And plus, I had Bryce online. Um, so, uh, Bryce, you able to hang out because we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk the rest of the morning games and everything else like that. Are you going to be able to hang or you got to bail? Oh, guys, actually, I got to bail because I got to get out of here to go meet some people to watch the games. But I wanted to make sure I called in. Um, yeah, I'll be calling in next week, too. You betcha. I'll keep my eye out on you. I, I went to you right when you hung up, la- uh, I think it was two weeks ago. So I missed you on that oh, one. Yeah. So, but, yeah, we, we got you all squared. So we'll catch you next time. We're going to take that quick right, break. Bye. You're listening. Thanks, guys. You're listening to that being said. Our Sunday morning tradition continues into our ninth season. Uh, quick break out here. We'll be back in about five minutes, and then we'll look at the other morning games here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Raleigh at Eagles, letting you know about Baggies Web Solution. Do you need a website but not sure where to start? Baggies will listen to your needs, find out what's important to you, and provide a game plan to help you and your business succeed. So call Baggies Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. 
Maggie's Web Solution. Simple, local, perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your rally at Eagles, letting you know about Baggy's Web Solution. Why should you choose Baggy's Web Solution? We believe in giving our client the ultimate in flexibility. We only use the industry standard software, providing you with almost limitless options when configuring your website and email. Want to use WordPress? No problem. Want to use Google Apps for email? No problem. So call Baggy's Web Solution at 214-431-4291 or find them on the web at baggies47.com. Baggy's Web Solution. Simple. Local. Perfect. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Karen McKinney of Budget Blinds of Rowlett. Find a little inspiration by browsing our product, whether it be the latest trends, child safety, or smart home technology, and more. Contact Karen McKinney at 972-722-9300 or visit her on the web at budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. You can also learn who they are as well as their approach and products, and you can also schedule a free home consultation. Again, contact Karen at 972-722-9300 or log online, budgetblinds.com forward slash Rowlett. Newly constructed, this lovely colonial couple features charming design and an asymmetrical roof. Household comes pre-furnished with one full cat, and two sets of matching parents. Bright accents and pleasant decor. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs for homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469 469- Five five six sixty three sixty four. Built in 2004, this Midwestern family boasts strong foundations with sunny interiors. Plus, two twin-sized girls, one fixer-upper son, and one built-in bloodhound. Also comes attached with walk-in in-laws, located just around the corner. Perfect for the right agent with the right listing. Remax agents are more recommended because they recommend what's right for you. That's the sign of a Remax agent. Make sure you contact Lucy Massey for all your home buying or selling needs. For homes in Dallas, Mesquite, Rockwall, Garland, Richardson, Forney, or Rowlett. Give her a call at 469-556-6364. That's 469-556-6364. This is Sunny Clark Radio Voice of your Rowlett Eagles asking, are you dealing with unpleasant smells or odors in your home? Is there a foul odor that you just can't find? Your best bet is to contact my friend, Michael Smith, of Lone Star State Mitigation. Mike is an expert when dealing with pet odors, urine, smoke, or unpleasant smells that you just can't pinpoint. He's also an expert in dealing with issues after a pipe bursts in your home or an emergency that causes damage. You need to contact Mike at Lone Star State Mitigation. Give him a call at 469-360-2997. Lone Star State Mitigation. Restoring the calm after the storm. This is Sunny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. 
A $69 initial consolation fee includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact Tammy at 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. And welcome back into the Couch Potato Sports Show along with Cuervo and Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we're going to be looking at all the games here in the final two hours and seven minutes. Um, and so we're going to hop right into them. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's some good games with some interesting things to talk about in those games that having been said, we're not going to spend a lot of time on a lot of them, but uh, more in the fact that it's just a good week of football. And it starts with our second game that we're going to talk about. The Atlanta Falcons are 3-4. and They've won their last two. Washington, who is in first place in the NFC East. Yeah, I said it. They're in second place. Unbelievable uh, as far as what the Washington Redskins are concerned. But at the same time, folks, this was all about consistency at the quarterback position. And, Cuervo, we can sit and talk about Alex Smith and his deficiencies of going down the field, calling captain, check, uh, check off, and everything else. But – this is the first time we've been talking about the Washington Redskins on top of this division. And obviously, when you take a look at some of the other teams that are vying for a wild card, this might be the only place which is the championship out of the uh, East that might even have a team because of some of the other teams that are out there, whether it's Carolina, whether it be Atlanta, the team they're playing today, or some of the other NFC teams that they are going to have to compete with to get into the wild card. So that's that having been said, Cuervo, this is I, I might quite possibly could be the biggest game for the Washington Redskins all year because it can really solidify where they are within the division of football. Right now they're five and two. Philadelphia's right behind them at four and four. So a big time game for Washington. They have the opportunity to move up two games fully on Philadelphia and maybe even two and a half if they lose here today. Yeah, absolutely, Sonny. And and let me be the first to say I'm completely floored by how well the Washington Redskins have played. And, and maybe I was maybe there's I was yeah, same here. I, I was wrong we, about the Washington Redskins. Yeah, we were <laughs> so you know. Look, I mean. Hey, I mean, what can you say, Sonny? Alex Smith is, is playing, I wouldn't say at a high level, but he's playing at a level that uh, that the Redskins expected him to play at when they signed him. And and that's all you can really ask for out of Absolutely. Uh, Alex Smith. And, and, and even if he is captain check down, look, we, we, you know, we, we tease him about it and stuff like that. But, look, it, it, it's gotten them to a 4-2 and two record so far. So it doesn't matter what and we it, think. And not only that, Cuervo, I I got news for you. It it proves my point about one other quarterback that just left this football team. It's not like 
Okay, it's not like the Washington Redskins got a huge upgrade at the wide receiver position. Okay, they they just didn't. Okay, and it seems like Alex Smith has been able to take care of that whole situation uh, as far as that's concerned. When you look, when you look at the wide receiver position, um, and by the way, mm-hmm. isn't it kind of funny? We talk about who's going to be the better Gruden this year. It's it's Jay Gruden over on the other the other end of the country. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, but I mean, any, any smart, uh, uh, you know, football, I guess, person that has knowledge should know that that John wasn't going to have instant success. I know that's what we were all hoping for. Uh, but anybody that, that understands uh, the game knows that a guy that has been out of coaching for 10 years is not going to just jump back into it and have instant success. Like, it's going to take time. Like, when Mike Shanahan came back, since we're on the subject of the Washington Redskins, you know, it, 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 it was rough the first year. Second year, though, I think they were a playoff team after they got RG3 and all that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 it took some time. It took some things to turn around, and they had to make some bold moves, just like what the Raiders are doing right now. So, who knows, for next year, maybe the Raiders will be good and everybody forgets about what they did this year. But, well, but you know, talking this about... Is, this is that nightmare. This is that nightmare season that you you know how you have a dream that you, you, you live the rest of your life remembering when you were a kid? That's what this season is for the Oakland Raiders because of John Gruden. Sure. I mean, if it wasn't John yeah. Gruden and anybody else, if they were one of five, no one would give a rip. Okay, but this is that nightmare season. First of all, they didn't want, and second of all, the ones that linger for many, many years. So the question will be: mm-hmm. Is and will John Gruden be able to sell what he is, you know, selling? Will he be able to sell well, it and have people buy into it? That's the big question over in Oakland. There's only one. There's only one way that people are going to buy into it, Sonny. You know it. I know it. And Al Davis up up in the sky knows it too because he's the one that trademarked the phrase. Just win, baby. That's all yep. you have to do. As long yep. as they win, everybody. Look, it, all all is forgiven as long as you're winning. That's yep. that's how the NFL goes. Absolutely. And now, and, and you get back to this game where the, Jay Gruden is actually having some huge success. Look at the Redskins defense, by the way. They're ranked fifth in total defense, fourth in scoring defense. None of their past three opponents had scored 17 points against them. So, and not only that, um, no one's rushed for more than 100 yards in those games. And that's, so, and that that's right the there, huge honey, thing. is why the Redskins are doing so well so far. Absolutely. That honestly is – what it's all about. So, I mean, as but, much as we're sitting here talking about the offense and praising Alex Smith for, for what he's done, what it, it really, the defense is the one that has been helping them tremendously. In, in reality, you got, and then you got to look on the other side and you look at uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Can we talk? It, it, Matt Ryan has completely – I mean, this guy has fallen off of the face of the earth, okay? This guy has not been able to put anything together week in and week out. He'll have a good game here, then he will go on a slide for three or four games, and then we don't know what we're going to get from from him. So, But when you look at the numbers, though, Cuervo, Ryan leads the league in passing yardage this year. He's completed his final 18 passes 
Um, Atlanta gets the victory over the Giants, but it was the Giants for God's sake. So I don't put any. I don't put any. You know, bearing on that game. But the the key in reality, okay, Jones is having a huge year, but he's not getting into the end zone. Okay, he's averaging 116 yards. He's got 53 receptions, but he hasn't got a touchdown catch yet. So the. the I'm going to tell you right now, Atlanta needs to utilize their weapons, and yes, that includes Jones, who's having the big year, and get him in there. And I say this, Cuervo, at least get Jones involved where he could be a decoy because him not getting into the end zone with the ball is, I think, is completely nuts out there. So right now, the Redskins, who are ranked uh, also second in the league against the rushing uh, this year, they're only allowing 80 yards, so you've got a combination coming to you. They don't let you pass on them. They don't let you run on them. And I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to do that. And then you add insult to injury there at home. Yes. And, and <clears throat> it's okay, Sonny, I forgive you, but you kind of stole my thunder a little bit because I wanted to blow Sorry your about mind <laughs> and ask you the question of, can you take a wild guess how many touchdowns? Receiving touchdowns that Julio Jones has this year. Yeah. But you already answered the question. It's huge. When it, and here's the thing. When I know that off the top of my head, that's what's, that, that's the scary thing about it. I mean, Julio Jones well, should have at least – he should have at least seven-day touchdowns to this point in the season. Him not getting the ball and getting it into the end zone is going to be the written – and now, and, and terrible. Look at the other side. If you look at the Redskins, look who else is out there playing the game and having a good year. I'm not saying he's blown down the walls, but Adrian Peterson – Listen, this guy's averaging 89 yards a game, and if you were expecting that, you're crazy, all right? And here's the number that I want you to look at. He's averaging 4.6 yards a carry, Cuervo. Walter Payton averaged that 4.6 throughout his career. So when you look at that number and you see where Adrian Peterson is right now, I mean, granted, it's, they've still got many games to play, but having an Adrian Peterson that they can depend upon, I mean, last week I think it was 150 yards a guy ran uh, when they beat the Giants. Now, granted, it was the Giants, but still, you're getting production from a guy who's considered over the hill and shouldn't be playing in the NFL. Well, that's what, that's what the consensus says. But you and I know that we've watched enough football in our lives. You, you've watched more football than I have, so – um, look, sometimes it's about the eye test. Yep. Age, age don't matter. Look at Tom Brady. You know, sometimes age is nothing. Doesn't mean anything. For Adrian Peterson, look, people wrote him off because of the way things ended in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, you know, people in Arizona. felt like his career was over. Yeah. The, well, pathet- you know what? the pathetic performing I, in Arizona. He had a couple of good games, Sonny. He did. A couple, out of, a couple, a couple out of 16 is not very good, my man. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't, he didn't, no, he didn't play a full season in Arizona. Do you remember? He got traded midseason. So oh, I think he played right. like six, good point. six, seven games with uh, Arizona. Yeah. And I think he had like two good games. Okay, still, I get it. Not, it wasn't the Adrian Peterson we were used to seeing where you were getting 125 and two touchdowns every game. All right. You look at what he's done in Washington. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not totally surprised. I'll, I'm just going to uh-huh. be straight up honest with you. I'm not totally surprised by what he has done for the Washington Redskins so far. That I'm not either. I, I, I got to give it to him because, just, because what his role was going to be, Cuervo, is the reason why I'm not surprised. If they put him in a main feature quarter, uh, running back position, of course he's going to fail by that standard. But bringing him in and playing and doing what he's doing where the expectations were nil, in reality, he, he, he's put it in a good position and to get the, you know, to play as well as he has. Mhm. Yeah, and 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 that's the thing, you know. It's they didn't expect him. They didn't ask him to do much. But AP is that guy yep. that will he'll just be like, okay, you know, all right, this is this is what you want me to do. All right. He's going to turn around and and he and his now his goal is to do more than that because in his mind. People are doubting him. People are saying yep. his career's over. He's washed up. His knees are bad. His this, this, that. Like, you know, that that's that's what people say about him. But Adrian Peterson is the type. He wants to prove you wrong, and he has, and he will continue to do that. Um, I think he's going to have another good game today. Is he going to play like he did last week? Mm, maybe not. I think people are. I think Atlanta's going to key in on him a little bit, and it's going to. And, and Alex Smith has to uh, recognize that and take advantage of what the defense give. Look, Atlanta's defense is not good, Sonny. They're not. Oh, they're they're, they're horrible. I mean, look, and it's not because of lack of talent. It's injuries. Injuries have just. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead of terrible. Yeah, Chuck. Look, they are terrible this year. Okay, but it's not because of lack of talent. It's it's. The injury bug. You want to talk about a team that has suffered some bad injuries? Very unfortunate. Imagine losing your star, your your all pro middle linebacker, all pro safety. You know, uh, I, and I think they lost somebody up front too. I can't remember, but just those two alone. Yeah, a safety and a linebacker, all pro guys. Big loss. Big loss. Yeah, they're huge losses. So yeah, you know it's unfortunate, but Atlanta Atlanta has to find a way to to, to you know, bring that bring that next guy in and 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 step up and and take advantage of the opportunity that they have. So, oh, uh, but oh, Cuervo, Cuervo, hold on, Cuervo, Cuervo, hold on. Breaking news. Uh oh, here comes Ted. It, it is the biggest news, and folks, and, and, and I've got the exclusive on this. Okay, no Matt Ryan has thrown the. Pick six for the uh, for the game uh, winning pick six for the Washington Redskins. He's already done it, Cuervo. I'm telling you. I, <laughs> Jeez, I, oh my you had, you God! You had my heart racing, man. Oh you had man! My heart racing. Uh, I thought there was something real. <laughs> oh no! It, it, well, oh, it is geez. real. You watch towards the end of this game. Matt Ryan will either do a pick six interception, do something to screw this game up. Because guess oh, what? Geez, That's man. what kind of quarterback Matt Ryan has gotten to. If you look back four years ago, Cuervo, we're talking about Matt Ryan being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And where is he now? He's stumbling all over the place, even with. 
a Julio Jones on the other end of it. And here's the thing. When you look at this Cuervo, you know what's going to happen? The Redskins are going to win with their leading receiver, which is a tight end, Jordan Reed. He's got, you know, so watch out for him um, in this game. That's going to be the huge one. I think actually the Redskins are going to beat him at least by a touchdown, if not by 10. And I, I, that, this, this game here is going to solidify what the Atlanta Falcons are all this year because when you have captain check down on the other side, you should be able to win this football game. But they're not going to win today, Cuervo. So it's not going to happen. I don't, I don't think so either, Sonny, to be honest with you. But I'm telling you, all kidding aside, all kidding aside, the Falcons, Matt Ryan has to find a way to get Julio in the end zone. Or else this is going to be this is going to be a real ugly season. Not only season for the Falcons, but it's going to be an ugly divorce between Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons. If I'm telling you, I'm, I'm gonna, today's November fourth, right? Yes, and it you know, is this prediction you, day. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, market market, Sonny. If Julio market finishes down. this year, you can book it. But no, book it. it. If Julio finishes with less than five receiving touchdowns, he's gone. Automatically. Yep. He is absolutely out of, out of Atlanta. You can say, hey, Falcons fans, you might as well write your goodbye letters to Julio if that happens because he's not coming back. Oh, and he's, it's just not going to happen. Jones on speed dial to tell him to get the hell out of Atlanta, just in case you didn't know. So, <laughs> hey, Sonny, gonna be... Sonny, that conversation has already happened. I'm telling you right now. At, it, you know T.O. better than I do. Yes. You know T.O. better than I do. We both know that that conversation has already happened. Already. And you know, already happened. And you know what? And you know what? I think it's a I think it's a good thing. I think it's great. To, Julio needs a guy like Tio to be real with him. That's the thing about Tio. People don't like him because he's honest. But yep. that's what a guy like Julio Jones needs right now. He needs somebody he to needs- be honest with him to help him, you know, uh, uh, make the next move in his career to be successful. Not I agree oh, with give you. Atlanta another chance. No, screw those guys. You have no touchdowns, and it's midseason, man. Like, you know how disrespected I would feel if I'm considered one of the top five, no, top three receivers in maybe. the league, and I don't have, maybe I don't even have one touchdown? Yeah, yeah, considered arguably the best receiver in the game, and I don't have one single touchdown. You know, you, know yep. you know who was in that situation not too long ago? Calvin Johnson. Look where he's yep. at right now. Yep. He gave the Detroit Lions the finger and said, I'm out of here. Screw you guys. I mean, you guys are killing me here. And that's what's happening to Julio Jones as well, is going through injury after injury after injury and not getting anything in return. You're absolutely right. So, and then that leads us into your game of the day. I don't have a lot to say about this because the Buffalo Bills 
don't have a quarterback right now. I mean, even their backup, backup even to the backup is out of there. Um, your Bears might, you know, they're four and three. They're first in the NFC North. How about that? I mean, geez, I mean, the Bears are in first place in the NFC North. I mean, that alone, that alone, you know, if anybody asks me that question, that's what I would shut up. Someone said that, (laughs) but it is, it it is. They are in first place. They got the Buffalo bills. They're on the road and it don't matter. I mean, because when you don't have a quarterback in this league, um, Derek Anderson is, from my understanding, not going to play this game. And it was Derek freaking Anderson anyway. Um, so, and the, I, I'll tell you, yeah, it, there's just not a lot to talk about this. But the the good thing about this, in reality, for the Bears, is that it is the Bills. Because if you take a look at that whole situation, as far as that is concerned, uh, a 24-10 victory last week over a horrible football team only thing they're doing right now, Cuervo, yes, they're beating on uh, subpar and and teams that are not in their league. But what that does for this football team for the future in reality is really simple. It is that motivation. It is that pump up for them to be in the situation that they're in right now. As the, you know, they they have won, um, they have won, they won last week. And you know, with that game, they'll win this week. They'll be right in the two game uh, winning streak going into uh, next week. And if I'm not mistaken, aren't the Bears on the bye next week? They are not, Sonny. They actually already had their bye week. Um, oh, okay, got it. I want to say they got Detroit next week. That's, I, I remember right. I think they're playing the Lions. I'll take a look at that while I'm rolling through here. They are. They got Detroit in Chicago, uh, and, and that game's at home. So last week's yes. game and this week's game, even though they should wipe them out, this is an opportunity for them to work on some things because you say whatever you want about the Detroit Lions, okay? They're not a good football team. That, that's not a, any great big secret. But here's the thing. That's a comparable football team because they're going up against, and we're going to talk about that game next, they're going up against Minnesota. That's going to be a good game here to, uh, today in Minnesota. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's a good test for them. So two games for them to get up and get set for the Detroit Lions next week. Um, I, I don't have a lot to say about this, but here's what we're going to – here's what we need to find out. And, and Cuervo, and, and, and I'm not putting your boy down at all, but this is a game where you got to find out whether or not your quarterback can stay in the pocket. I mean, say whatever you want. I mean, and 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 I love me some Bears quarterback to, this year. Okay, I, I loved it last year. I love what they're doing at the quarterback position. But what you got when you got this young cat in there? You got a guy that can run the football and sometimes depends upon that too much. I think they need to keep this guy in the pocket, and this could be a game where he can learn from that. Oh, absolutely, Sonny. I mean, I, I think at this point for Mitch, it's just all about knowing how the read defense is taking advantage of, of uh, you know, miss, you know, guys missing their assignments or, or, you know, blown coverages or whatever. He has to recognize that. And yeah. so that that's what it is for Mitch. I mean, you know, it, it was interesting, like this past week, there was a, like a little video that came out. Uh, uh, Matt Nagy, the coach was mic'd up and, you know, you, you can hear him trying to, to have, you know, have communication over the headset with, with Trubisky and stuff like that. 
But my favorite part, you see, everybody was like, oh, it's so motivating and this and that. And, and, and it was good, you know, because you hear them yelling, ah, let's go, let's go. But I'm telling you, Sonny, my favorite part of that video at the end is when he told Mitch, he said, we grew today. We, we got better today. We learned something today. That right there is what it's all about. All that hoopling and, that, you know, yeah, let's go, motivation. That's great. But I'm telling you, for a kid like Mitch, man, it's all about growing. It's all about learning. That was the best part of the video. It wasn't all the hooping hollering that everybody else was excited about. For me, it was, it has, did Mitch learn something in this game? Did he grow? Did he get better? You know, because that's what he needs. That's what he needs to do. He doesn't need all that hooping and hollering and motivation and all that stuff. You know, I, I've been reading some of the news and listening to some of the things and how they tr- they're trying, like, hell to hype this game up, Cuervo and Buffalo. I mean, they're, they're trying their best. I mean, you know, granted, you got to try what do what you do. It's a home field. They say it's loud. You know, granted, yeah, maybe it might be loud. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, when you don't have a good football team, and the, you say whatever you want against that, you know, when they went in and they beat the, the uh, Vikings, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I really don't care about that. Um, so they're going to go to Matt Barkley at the quarterback position. Now, I'm going to tell you, and, and believe me, I, I know what I'm about ready to sound, you know, to say. Is gonna sound, you know, I, I, I know what's going on. This is a step up, okay? Matt Barkley, I don't think has even had a chance. Now, you know a lot about Matt Barkley, as that's where the Chicago Bears uh, went ahead and drafted, you know, out of college and everything else. But Derek Anderson, Matt Barkley, I'm sorry, this is an upgrade for for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills in reality, Cuervo. So when I'm looking at this game, it changed a little bit, but I still think that they'll probably beat them. But you still, you know, Matt Barkley is not, and I don't want anybody to think that I think this guy's the second coming, but he's got, he's got to be better than Derek Anderson. Well, I mean, a lot of guys are better than Derek Anderson, but um, I thought Peterman was getting the start. So it's going to be Matt Barkley, huh? Matt wow. Barkley. Peterman's hurt. I think he's I, – I actually um, – they, oh, no, they actually just benched him. Um, so so that – I don't think they want to – I think the, the – I think the message of the benching was that you're not coming back in. It's got to be an emergency case. I mean, and, and so much of emergency um, that's going on. So um, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee that being, you know, anything that can be done. So, I, you know, for for okay. the ball, for for the, I think for Buffalo, Barkley's got to go down before you see him, and and then 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 you succeed the game because this guy, this guy is you. Know, I thought. I thought Blake Bortles was a turnover machine, an interception machine. Uh, Peter, and that's all this guy does. I mean, he does something on each and every drive that really makes your football team look bad. So you, you say whatever you want, um, but uh, it, it'll be really interesting. I got your Bears big in this one. I'm sure you got the Bears in this one. You haven't fallen off the turnip truck, yeah, you know. As far as not being able to, you know, pick the Bears in this one. I am taking the Bears, Sonny, but they better be careful to not go into this game overconfident because, I mean, look what happened in Minnesota. You know, I, I'm telling you that the Vikings, 
were overconfident going into that game, and they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, we could, we could be half asleep. We could be drunk and still beat this team. Look, yes. Any given Sunday, man. Any given Sunday. Yep. Like, anything can happen. That's why they so, say it. <clears throat> I, uh, when it. You mentioned hyping this game up, Sonny. I mean, Khalil Max back in Buffalo. That's where he went to college. Yeah, Maybe okay. that's the hype behind it. I don't know. Like I don't know. And he's not. He's not even. He's not even. Uh, they're not even sure if he's going to play. He's questionable. Khalil Mack is. Yeah, yeah. And so, frankly, I wouldn't play him. You know, here's the thing. You know what you get with Khalil Mack. He doesn't need a warm up game for next week. Okay. Sorry, he doesn't. So, so, you know, I think you said him. I think you're ready to go. So we're both up on Chicago on this one. That one was quite easy. But the next one is the Detroit Detroit Lions and Minnesota. Um, You know, I don't know. Minnesota with the three and four records, not like they're, you know, knocking down the doors. But the Vikings, you know, they're four three and one. Listen, you know, that's not an impressive four three and one by any stretch. As you take a look at this football team and you ask yourself the question in reality, what were you going to be defensively? You were expecting the big time stuff. But on the other side, the Detroit Lions, they get rid of Golden Tate. Okay. They let this guy go. Forty four catches in seven games this year. Okay. And I he was on pace to break his uh, career high uh, with that um, with Matthew Stafford. Now he's gone, so Matthew Stafford has got to find another guy that they can depend upon throwing the football to. So um, it's all about Marvin Jones. But here's the thing: I love me some Marvin Jones. Matter of fact, I'm probably one of his biggest fans. But if you don't have something else, you you can shut Marvin Jones down if they have nothing else. And guess what? The Lions have nothing else, Cuervo. Yeah, not Except anymore. They're running I mean, back. You know. Except maybe they're running back. Yeah, I mean they don't have anything anymore. I mean they traded it away. So yeah, uh, you know if you're Golden Tate though, are you mad? Would, like honestly, are you mad that you got traded to the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles? I don't know I how you be. could be. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So. So even though even though uh, uh, Golden Tate was on pace to to break you know his his uh, career uh, uh, you know stats and stuff like that, um, I w- I just wouldn't be. Hey, hey, I'll tell you what, Golden Tate's the winner in this thing. You know why? I agree. Because he gets a second bye week. He gets a second yeah. bye week. Like second bye week, lucky. can get paid for it. Yeah, like talk about lucky guy, man. I mean. Yeah. Who gets two bye weeks in the season? I mean, exactly. Him, right? Hey, so, yeah, uh, it, it, it's huge for them. Yeah, so I'm, but, they're going to get a well-rested guy who's who's playing well, and that's just another weapon for Carson Wentz. And, and, and Golden yeah. Tate goes from Matthew Stafford to Carson Wentz. He absolutely won this trade. What an upgrade, huge upgrade. And, and, and you're right. So that having been said, this game here, the Lions already in a lot of trouble. And but I'm sorry. When I look at this game, Cuervo, I I, I so desperately want to pick Minnesota, and I'm going to. But I'm going to tell you right now, Cousins right now, I, I it, it, we, I, and I've been all over this guy all year long. Okay, all right, and like you said. Any given Sunday, it could come out. But also, any given Sunday, Kirk Cousins can go out and lay an egg. 
And this is not the game that you, that if you're Kirk Cousins that you need to do that and get and you can say whatever you want, you know he's got that ability to do just that, make that play that will be at a vital time and it will hurt this football team. So that that having been said, I was actually torn in this game. I know where the talent is and I know who should win this game. Um, the Golden Tate. I'm going to tell you right now, Golden Tate was still on the football team. I might have went Lions in this game. I think that's how much of a big loss for the Lions are because what's going to end up happening is the defense is going to go ahead and just focus in on the running game um, right there as far as Detroit is concerned with their rookie running back, Kyron Johnson, who leads the team right now. 466 yards. Uh, he's average. Cuervo is averaging 6.1 yards a carry. Okay, so this guy is huge. Uh, you know, so I don't know. You know, th- I think that's what's going to end up happening with the Vikings, who are ranked fifth in the NFL against the rushing defense, only allowing 3.7. I, obviously, that's what they're going to do. They're going to shut down that and make Matthew Stafford. Uh, throw the football, and sometimes Matthew Stafford, although not as bad as Matt Ryan, he has the ability to throw a pick six at any given moment as well. So I'm all over Minnesota on this one. Yeah, I am too, Sonny. I like Minnesota. Um, You know, Stafford's got one less weapon to throw to now, and I mean, it's that uh, addition by subtraction? No, not in this case. (laughs) That's not the case here, so um, absolutely, I think I think the Vikings have their way with uh, Detroit today. If you, you know, want me to be brutally honest with you, I think that Minnesota wins and they win pretty big. I think they do too. I, not a lot really to talk about. Just some interesting things to talk about it. And we got just got Tarvin's picks, so uh, we'll go through those here as soon as no, I write them down. I wish you would so just we'll... call in. I, 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 well, I think he's in church. I, oh, okay. I think, I I think he texts us from church. <laughs> oh, his wife, I, hope, I hope his wife don't listen to our show. Anyway, that having been said, so we'll get his picks here in just a moment. Let's head into the next one. And, 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 oh, I talked about the game. There's not a lot to talk about on those games. Kansas City uh, Chiefs. You know, they're going to go into Cleveland and wipe out the Browns. And more of the story, it's more about Hugh Jackson. More of the story, it's about the development of Baker Mayfield. More of the story is getting rid of Todd Haley, who could have done. Listen, you can say whatever you want about the relationship with Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to get rid of Hugh Jackson, I think I'm okay with it, although I think it's a dumb move. But I think I think the bigger firing in reality, Cuervo, is Todd Haley. Todd Haley, it, it, he only coached and was the offensive coordinator of the Super Bowl-winning champions, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, had Ben Roethlisberger and helped his career as well. You can say whatever you want about Ben. You can say whatever you wanted about Todd Haley before he even got there. He still sustained a Ben Roethlisberger in his career to where he was playing, you know, at high levels at an age or with the ability to play at the high level. I think this, you know, out of the whole thing, Cuervo, I think the firing of uh, Todd Haley might have been the step overboard for the uh, Browns in reality. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we, we opened the show talking about it this morning, and, and, and 
you know, what's crazy when you think about it is, you know, you, you fire those two guys, right? Now who takes over? Greg Williams. Do you guys remember yeah. who Greg Williams is? Do you remember what he's known for? Like, uh, yeah. And that's the guy you want running your, your football team? That's that the is, guy. Uh, it, it, and, and I'm sorry, you know, although, Cuervo, you and I both know about what he is all about and the whole thing as far as the, you know, you know, uh, um, the bounty gate and all that other crap. Okay, we all know that still goes on. It's just not going. It's just not getting out. But as far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, okay, you don't need this guy right here as the head of your organization. I would have much rather had Hugh Jackson and let him go at the end of the season. Um, but you get no benefit by bringing Greg Williams into the bringing. Greg Williams into the thick of things at this point of the season. And not only that, Cuervo, imagine what this is going to do as a whole for this football team that has been playing well up to this point, even though they got wiped out last uh-huh. week. You know, the, the the whole mental aspect of what they were doing with the people they were doing it with. So then you bring in Greg Williams. I'm sorry, I, you know, say whatever you want about it and, you know, what it can and cannot happen. I'm going to tell you right now, this, it, it, this is exactly why bad franchises continue to stay bad. Because you make, first of all, make one bad decision and you replace it with a worse decision. Yes, and, and that's what the Cleveland Browns have done in this case. Look, I, I'm not, I'm trying not to judge the guy off of the, the one thing that I know him for. But that's well, no one, one cares about that, for. though, in reality, Cuervo. You're right. In reality, that's still even going on. It's just the fact that the title is there. So I agree with you. I mean, I'm not saying this guy's a bad coach. I'm not going to say it because every single coach did exactly what Greg Williams did. You know, they just got caught. It's almost like it's not cheating unless you get caught, okay? And, but that doesn't mean that that is still not going on in the NFL right now. Oh God, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it is, and it, and it's not right by any stretch of the imagination. But you're probably right; it probably does still happen. Um, Absolutely, it, it's not it's not the way football should be played by any means. Look, instead of worrying about you know uh, 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 concussion protocols and all that stuff, let's get to the root of of why this is happening and believe it or not look when when there's guys bounties out there guys are going to play more aggressive that's I agree. Where, to me that's where maybe we need to start as in you know what is what are things that are said in the locker rooms like what are what are what is the intent for certain teams are they out to hurt guys or are they out there to just play some good football like what's what's the deal? Because if we know, or are they out to hurt people? Oh, how about this one? Right, that's what I'm saying. Hurt people yes, or injure people to different levels as well. Well, you know, I've I've always I've always been taught and I've always learned there's a difference between pain and an injury. Yeah. Huge difference. If you're out there to lay a good hit on somebody and you want them to feel some pain, absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as it's within the the rules. 
But if you want to go out there and intentionally injure somebody, there's no place for that. And, and I agree. And that's what it is. And that's why we continue to still see helmet to helmet hits, roughing the passer hits, which, I mean, roughing the passer is not roughing the passer anymore, but it's that's a, a whole other conversation it's, for it's another bumping time. The, it's bumping the passer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Looking at the passer, 15 yard penalty. Like, Jesus, man. But anyway, if you glare at the quarterback, it's a 15-yard penalty. <laughs> right, the Brady rules. But uh, that's, that's my thing. That's my thing. You know, we, we could sit here and we could preach about how to tackle somebody, but what about the intent of tackling somebody? Are you, are you there to just make them feel some pain, or are you trying to injure some, Like Like a guy like Vontez Berfick, I think he's just out for blood. I, do too. Of the, of the I, I completely Bengals. agree with you. And that that, and that was that was instilled in him at a very young age. And that's even young I'm gonna tell you right now, that's even younger than high school Cuervo, because that's the kind of thing that he can't get out of him because he learned it at such a young age. It it's such a learned behavior, there's no way of getting out of it. And it started I think in middle school. I think if he really wanted to, he could. He just has to work at it. And if he's got a lazy work ethic, then it's never going to happen. But, but a lot of these guys, I think they can adjust. Think about it. How often do they have to adjust in the middle of a game to certain things, adapt to certain things? You mean to tell me they can't work on, you know, uh, uh, learning how to legally tackle with what, what is now considered legally tackling in the NFL if those guys really wanted to work at it and, and, and do it the right way, they could. Some of them just don't want to. And a guy yes. like Vontez Burfick just doesn't want to. And, and, and now that's why he's a guy that is known for being the dirtiest player. Like, he's taken that, that, that crown from Indomitian too. Absolutely not the dirtiest player anymore. Or even Adam Pac-Man Jones, who who actually went ahead and adjusted his play. Khalil Mack's not playing, Sonny. Okay, there you go. They're still win by 12. Oh, that hurts. I I just want to see him eat a quarterback (laughs) up. Eat him alive. You know, like, that's okay. It's, yeah, uh, you know, I'm still gonna watch. I'm still gonna watch, and I'm still gonna cheer for the Bears because that's what I do. Bears, Bears. So, and, and so, Bears. Well, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's where where it's at. But uh, um, I am pretty sure you're. I mean, geez, we didn't even talk about the game. You're on Kansas City, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course I am, Sonny. I I thought so. I I didn't think we had a lot to say about it. But Cuervo, I'm going right. to say right now, there's a good game that we did. You, we thought that the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game wasn't getting any play. You want to talk about a game that's not going to get a lot of, you know, hype or anything? It's the New York Jets against the Miami Dolphins. And AFC, uh, East, AFC East uh, thing going on. Um, Miami needs this football game. And, and the only reason why this makes it interesting because Miami has a habit. They do it it's, it's almost every single year where they're hanging around that wild card. I mean, they're just hanging around. They're, within, they're in gunshot. And whether or not they get there all the way, you know, is it, always the big question. 
Okay, they get this game in Miami, a huge game. Miami needs to win this football game, and they can still be can, you know, hang around that wild card thing. And the Jets, the Jets are the Jets. The Miami Dolphins should win this game. There's not a lot to talk about it, but the question will be is this is the game. This is one of the biggest games of Miami's season in reality because what has happened in the past, where they're at right now, this game quite possibly could be the uh, deal breaker on whether or not they make it in the playoffs if they lose this football game. Well, I mean, I think I think in a, in a sense it's make or break for both teams. I mean, you know, you you look at the Dolphins. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, this could be make or break as far as their postseason chances are concerned. Um, but you know, for the Jets. I think if if they lose this game today, um, they they might as well go ahead and, and position themselves for a draft pick next next year's draft because I would think so. Why not? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying tank. You know, we don't we don't use that word on this show, right? But <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be honest. You got to position yourself for for the future. Yeah. So that that's that's what I would say. I, I would think so, too. Um, as far as this game is concerned, uh, I'm on Miami. They should win the game uh, because the Jets are so bad. I mean, we can break this down, and it's not going to do any good because here's what ends up happening in this game, okay? Um, it, my, it, someone is going to make a stupid mistake, and it's going to be with the game on the line. This game's going to come down to the final minute of the game. I, I just know it um, because it, – I, first of all, Miami doesn't blow anybody out, and New York can't win a game. Uh, they, but they are in games. i got to give them that. They are in games trying to get in there. But, you know, you, you talk about the same thing. It's, it's like the same thing over and over, three and five. Okay? They're uh-huh. three and freaking five. Okay? You know, so – and, you know, it's such a repetitive thing that's going over. But when you look at the Dolphins, they're – they're at 500. They're four and freaking four. I mean, if you're going to take that step, you've got to at least be five games. You've got to be over 500 or even six games and put them in a situation where you can actually talk about them being a viable candidate in the playoffs. But here's the thing. The Dolphins, they've won one road game against the Jets. And that was, and that's what it's been because it's been about the quote unquote great defense. Okay, and I say quote unquote great defense very facetiously against the Jets because they are not a great defensive team. They're not a good football team. Period. Uh, so you you got everything that's going on uh, as far as that's concerned. Now um, the the rest of the, the rest of the people on this team, it's going to be about how they come together. The rest of the players on this team and coaching. And if the Dolphins want to make that move and, and stay where they are, a 5-4 and four record after nine weeks, I think they would have taken it at the beginning of the season, Cuervo, because they have had a very rough schedule to start the season out in reality, playing some quality teams. Not some quality wins that they shouldn't have, but they always drop those stupid games. And this could end up being that stupid game that they drop if they don't come out and play. Well, I will say this. Miami is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. This and is true. The Jets, yeah, and, and the Jets have a pretty good rushing attack with El Crowell and, and, and Bilal Powell. So, 
that I mean that could that could factor into today's game. Um, the only reason I'm taking the Dolphins in this game though is because for some reason, and and, and you know me being the Bears fan, I'm, I know Miami just plays better at home. They're just a yes. they're just a hard. They are a tough home team. They're a tough team to beat when they're at home. Even the Patriots uh, over the years have had trouble going down to Miami and, and getting a victory. So uh, that's the only reason I'm taking Miami. If, if this game was in New York, I would have been all over the Jets. But I, I just I, I haven't seen the Jets really do a whole lot on the road. I mean, look at last week. You know, they went to Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, and and and. They went up there and put up a ten burger. So, I mean, it, it just wasn't the greatest performance. So, not uh, enough. Yeah, I, 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 I like Miami, but uh, I, it's, I kind of caution myself on that because the Jets, the Jets, run rushing attack. If they if they attack it right, they can, they can, they could do some damage. We'll see what ends up happening. We're both on the Miami Dolphins in this one. Now, just really quick before we move on to the next game, uh, Tarvin's pick, uh, Atlanta and Washington. He is on the Washington Redskins. He is on Chicago and Minnesota, Kansas City. Those are all the ones we picked, and Miami and Pittsburgh. Um, so that's where uh, Tarvin is up until this point of what we're talking about. So that's going to take us into the next game here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we're going to cover them all. We'll have time at the end of this one. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 3-4 on the road take on the Carolina Panthers. I'm actually shocked that Dirk, uh, Dirk Cotter still has his job. Um, you, know, you know, pulling the trigger a little too late, ah, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, they're they, they're going to go ahead and, of course, start uh, Ryan Fitz, Fitzpatrick. You know, it, you know, obviously the the um, the Winston experiment did not work by bringing him back and being the quote-unquote face of the franchise. Here's the simple fact of the matter is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers don't have a face except the face of losing, and that is where they are. In Carolina, you know, say whatever you want about them. I'm not a fan. But, you know, Carolina is doing exactly what I kind of expected them to do because they've done it in the past square, though. Okay, you look at that football team and you ask yourself the question, who's the better football team? Of course they are. But they might go on that winning streak again, Cuervo. They're on a two-game winning streak right now. They should have won the game before that, but and they were on a roll. Um, and if they get on that winning roll, they'll do what they did like three or four years ago where they'll win eight in a row, make it into the playoffs. Uh, but they're going to obviously going to have to be fighting the New Orleans Saints down there in the NFC South if they're going to even make the playoffs uh, easily by obviously winning the division. I don't see that happening. Uh, so this is a team right here, the Carolina Panthers, who need this game uh, to where they can stay in the running of the wild, uh, the wild card because – I don't think they're coming out of the South. I think it's going to be New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the I think the Saints are pretty much in control of the NFC South. But Carolina's playing well too, and and I'm not taking anything away from them. Uh, but you know, give give me the Saints nine out of ten times with those two teams playing against each other. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it's. 
I, I mean, I look at I look at the game we're talking about now, and, and I, I mean, you have to you have to admit, Sonny, Ryan Fitzpatrick really puts a spark in the offense that absolutely needs. I hate it, and, and I said it, <laughs> and I said it last. Week. I know you do. I know you do. But don't worry, I'm going to remind you when the time is right of what it's. I know you are. <laughs> No, but I mean, look, it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I mentioned it last week. Now you go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now would be, what do you do with Jameis Winston? That's my question. What, what do you do with him now? Where are they this as isn't a franchise? College. This isn't college. You can't just keep going back and forth with quarterbacks. Like, I mean, I guess you could, but – it's such a bad look in the and especially in the NFL. It just, yeah, when it was just last shows time you've seen that in the NFL where they had two quarterbacks playing on a consistent level. It just doesn't happen. It it doesn't. I mean, I can't remember the last time it's happened. So I don't think it ever has. Um, I, and, and that goes directly to your point, Cuervo. You, you, you either it's what what do they always say uh, when you got two guys starting, you actually have two backups. You know, and that, and that's what you're looking at right here. But in the reality of the sense, it's Dirk Cotter. Dirk Cotter, he's not even he, in the common sense this guy just doesn't have. Okay, is really huge. Okay, but here's the here's the thing. You know, to make a switch, to make that decision, to make the switch is the right decision. So at least he did one thing right. Okay, but here's the thing. If you, you listen to this guy talk, he says we're going to go with Fitz at quarterback this week. And, it, and if we feel like – listen to his wording, okay, because his wording is what gives him away in his stupidity, and which is scary. Um, uh, he says, we feel we need to do this uh, this week to give, ourselves the, um, to give ourselves the best chance. Okay, he didn't say best chance to win, Cuervo. Okay, this guy doesn't know where to put a word in to save his life. Okay, and then he continues on and says – it's just for right now. So when, when you're Dirk Cotter, okay, believe me, uh-huh. I understand why he has this, this job, okay? It's not because he's a good football coach. It's because he's supposedly great with quarterbacks, and he's not. He'll have one good season, and they'll fall asleep the next year and maybe have an average season next year at the quarterback position, and then the next year is not, and that's what they're giving him. Okay, but the simple fact of the matter is how he says it's just for right now. It's the, it's one of the dumbest it's one of the dumbest selections of a statement to make, and then you forget the biggest word out of them all. This gives us uh, gives ourselves the best chance to win. He doesn't say to win. He just says the best chance. And, there, you know, I, I don't know. This is just a guy who just does it and has not had it. And, yes, he ruined my Sun Devils. He ruined my Jacksonville Jaguars like nuts. And, and then, then he got the chance to go ahead and ruin. And the starting of the ruining of Matt Ryan. And, and then he's just going to continue on and do exactly what he's doing with, with Jameis Winston. Now, granted, I wasn't on Jameis Winston, and I wasn't on the bad wagon with this guy ever. I never thought he'd be a good quarterback. This just solidifies his death in the NFL if 
Jameis Winston wants to be considered an NFL quarterback, he has got to get the hell away from Dirk Cotter. Carolina Panthers are going to wipe the floor with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers today, regardless what Ryan Fitzmagic can do, okay? And the main reason why you see that is is because when this team is at home, Carolina, they're a totally different football team at home, Cuervo. They're like two steps above what they normally are on a road. Uh, So... You, you get that all squared away, and you get it, and you know what's coming. You've seen what uh, – hey, look what Carolina did last week at the quarterback position, okay? He, 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 Carolina's just on that role, and I hate that role because that role means that we're going to be talking about the Carolina Panthers uh, somewhere around the wild card position in reality, or quite possibly if the Saints decide to go in that downspin, maybe win in the division. I mean, yeah, I mean that is a possibility, but I mean, for you know, what are what are what are the real chances of that happening, though? I mean, even even down the line, I mean, Tampa Bay's got a lot of holes to fill, Sonny. I mean, it's going to be a while before they're even remotely close to competing with New Orleans or or, or even Carolina, for that matter. So, Tampa's got a lot of work to do. It's just, you know, yep. Sometimes well, it's it, just that one little thing. I mean, maybe maybe having Ryan Fitzpatrick as the quarterback is is what Tampa Bay needs for this year. I agree. You know, for this year. Uh, and, and I say that, and this is the reason why I'm going to say it. And you look at the numbers, okay? And even Dirk Cotter said it himself, okay? Minus 13 in the league in the turnover ratio, okay? Minus 13. Okay, the last yeah, two weeks, bad. they're minus seven. And the week before that, with Jameis Winston coming in, they're a minus 10. Okay, so you look at those numbers and you see where it is. I mean, that is obviously, it, it, it's almost like getting bitch slapped all over the place. I mean, if you can't have a come to Jesus just with that number and you're the Buccaneers and know that you need to go to Ryan Fitzpatrick, then, then they obviously need to get rid of the head coach. I'm actually shocked they did not just dump this guy at, on Monday. I'm shocked. Um, they don't win this week or how they lose this week. It could be. It could end up happening. We could see the end of Dirk Cotter, which would be a blessing for all of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. <laughs> oh, Sonny, you crack me up, man. You do. You crack me up. The, the, the uh, hate for Dirk Cotter is just so passionate and real. He's, he's ruined. Like, hey, oh, quite, quite, let me talk. Sonny. He ruined the top ten college football program at the time. Then the Jacksonville Jaguars. He ruined my team, my, fran- my franchise. Okay? And then he goes off and ruins a, 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 ruins a, a football team. You know, it, it, it's pathetic. Yeah. It's, 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 it's you pathetic. know, Sonny, I think – I think if you ever had the chance or if you ever met Dirk Cotter and you went to shake his hand, I think you'd spit on your hand first. I, I, like, I, I, for no, you know what I do? I do the old thanks cool for move, put my hand out, put my hand out and then wave it up like I had hair all over my ear. That's exactly what I would do. <laughs> I mean, because this guy, uh, this guy, now, this, this guy here, he gives me nightmares, you know, and I'm just glad that I'm not a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. And I'm glad that I am not a Jameis Winston fan. 
So, you know, this is the perfect place for him. I mean, let's just screw up a football team that's been irrelevant for many years anyway. So let's just keep them right there in the relevancy right there in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, so, you know, it, it is what it is. Now, hey, Cuervo, there's a couple of good games here in the afternoon. That what I'm going to do, uh, just to give you a heads up, okay, we're going to take the uh, last break. Um, because there, there's some the, the Houston Denver game I think has a lot that we're going to talk about. Of course, we had the Rams uh, to talk, the Rams to talk about, and then the Sunday Night Football. Uh, so what we'll do, we'll take that break now. And when we come back, uh, we'll uh, rush through the final hour and the last five games that we got to cover. So um, let's do that up on the other side and uh, get ready for it. This is going to be a good last final hour here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. Well, so we're going to cut to our co- commercial. We'll be back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said here in our ninth season on the air, getting ever so close to that 10th season in February. We'll be right back. Of course, if the button works. There we go. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience. So roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we truly believe experience is the best teacher. With over 50 combined years of knowledge and experience in sports performance and athletic training, our coaches understand exactly what it takes to achieve your goals and excel at the next level. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Chang Lee's Taekwondo in Rowlett. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, we specialize in all types of Taekwondo, and you can also sign up for free instruction classes. That's Chang Lee's Taekwondo, modern training with traditional values. Check out our website for grand opening specials or one-month Taekwondo classes for $49. That's at Chang Lee's Taekwondo, located at 2212 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 100 in Rowlett, or give them a call at 963-506-4483, or check them out on the web at www.mychanglees.com. Being taken 
for a ride? Check out Costco Insurance, serving Texans since 1981. Bundle your home, auto, or business insurance to save a ton. Costco Insurance on the corner of Main Street and Rowlett Road where we make insurance fun. Or check us out on the web at costoinsurance.com where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslo Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at CosloInsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? The prospect of retirement can be exciting and scary at the same time. At Nest Egg Wealth Advisors, we have found many people either approaching or currently in retirement fail to truly maximize some of the benefits offered to them, primarily Social Security. What is it? How does it work? It's simply not a benefit that you start receiving at age 62. Because these decisions are so important, my firm has assembled an informational packet on Social Security. If you would like a complimentary copy of Social Security Maximization, please give our office a call today at 972-412-6064 or visit us on the web at nestegadvice.com. Hey, Spider-Bow, we got that air. Yeah, we do, Sonny. I can hear you, but I don't hear anything else. Wow. Did, did, did any of the commercials start? Yeah, I heard the commercials, but uh, after that, it just went it it went dead. Okay. I, well, you know what? <laughs> I might have just taken a little bit longer than I thought. I was getting coffee and, you know, getting a snack, playing with the cat. So maybe that's it. So <laughs> we're back here on the Cosmo Day Sports Show. Yeah, so a little bit of delay there, but it is what it is. All right, so let's get to it. Let's talk about some of the other games that are going to go on. We'll knock out this last hour as we got some good ones coming up our way. So that having been said, let me hit that button right there. And let's talk about the Houston Texans who are on the road to take on the Denver Broncos. Hey, the Texans, five games in a row. I mean, you want, you want to talk about a football team that might be on the roll. And I just, can we talk? Five in a row, it's the Texans. Now, we picked them to win this division. I'll, I'll, let me rephrase that. I picked the Texans to win this division at the beginning of the season. But after the way they started, I didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, now they have taken over this division. They're not getting a lot of work for, or worry from the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Indianapolis Colts aren't there as well. And the Tennessee Titans just don't have enough right now. They're the class of this division in reality. Yeah, I mean they are. They are. Um, you know, it's it's buyer beware though really when it comes to wanting to uh jump on the Houston bandwagon. And and, and I'll explain Absolutely. why here shortly, but uh but you know, it, it it looks great and all. I would just I would just be a little I would look into it a little more if if you know, as a if I was a guy that was wanting to kind of buy some stock on the Houston Texans, if you will. 
Well, and here's another thing. You know, they're going up against a football team that quite possibly get rid of their number one target. That, of course, being Demarius Thomas, uh, as they, uh, you know, they trade. This trade was the craziest time in the world in reality because guess what? They're meeting. They're meeting each other. This is. I mean. That right there alone just tells me how crazy that this whole trade happened. You know, the Broncos trade Demarius Thomas to the team they're playing this week. What the hell? I mean, you know, I I mean, I don't think Demarius Thomas is that much of a of a thing. You say, yeah, go ahead and take one of our better wide receivers and see if you can beat us with this guy. It's not like this guy sucks or anything. So I'm I'm missing what the hell you. First of all, you trade the team. And second of all, you trade them to the team within your own division. And third of all, you trade them to the team who has the lead within a division. Well, no, they're not in the same division, although it seems like they are. Um, but still, they're still mm-hmm. within the same conference. So you shoot your guy like this over to the NFC if someone's grabbing up for him. Yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised that Houston was was looking for another receiver. I know why they were. I mean, Will Fuller Will Fuller goes down, and yeah, that was a big loss. Yeah, you know, you, you you can't you can't just have DeAndre Hopkins and a bunch of other guys. Like that's just not going to work. So, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to the Texans really for for being aggressive and. and going out there and, and getting themselves a Demarius Thomas, that's going to pay dividends to them. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, especially if, if somehow, some way – actually, no, I think Will Fuller won an injured reserve, didn't he? So he's not coming yes. back this year. He's not coming back. That is correct. So, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but, you know, they made up for it right away by, by going out and trading for Demarius Thomas. So kudos to them. Yeah. Kudos, big time for kudos to them. Uh, it, it, we talk about the mile high thing. Does it mean anything? Hell, I don't know. But, you know, listen, Houston, Houston is not like like crazy blow, um, but you know they're in that area where they're a little bit higher than that. You know, Albuquerque is really high um, as far as altitude and everything else. Texas, you know, Houston, you don't think of it as, but it's where it kind of begins to start. So they're a little bit higher. Um, I. You know, I I mean, is the oh, what do you say? Is it the um, the the grandeur of the Denver Broncos having the advantage because of the mile high, supposedly? Um, is a little bit of that worn off? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I, I I still think it's it's there's a factor that goes into that. Um, you know, again, I mean. You know, well, Denver's not as good as they once were. I mean, you know, when they had Peyton Manning no and, question. and all that stuff and, and whatnot. So they were a tough team to beat anywhere when they had when they had him. But you know, going to going to Mile High, I think it, it is a little bit different. Um, you know, Broncos has they have a great fan base, and uh, you know, just going to Mile High with the whole elevation factor, it does it does play a small part, but. I think more importantly, you know, Denver's just a tough team to beat at home. So, yep. um, you know, Houston really, I think this this five-game winning streak, we're really going to find out today if it was a fluke or, or you know, kind of like the whole contender-pretender conversation. We're yep. going to find out today, I think, if Houston's a contender or a pretender. So, you know, looking at this game, I mean, I you know, the the, the – 
the fact that they trade the player to the other ones, which is what was really huge when I was looking at this. I'm like, you got to be nuts. Uh, maybe it's because they didn't want to pay for the airline ticket for them to get the get to Houston since they're in town. They could just take the, pl- tra- <laughs> the plane back. I don't know. But the only problem also with Denver is, is when you have Case Keenum at the quarterback position, you know, you're talking about a football team. In this game here, I, I looked at it very simply. Who has the better quarterback in reality? Uh, I didn't think very hard on this one because obviously of that. And, and then I, it's usually where I look first. Who has got the better quarterback? And then where are some of the key components that could make a difference in the game that goes from there? So, uh, but you know, remember when we were talking at the draft, uh, I'm talk- I was talking about Cortland Sutton uh, right out of SMU. Of course, he is right down the street. I watched this guy week in and week out. This guy's turned into a reception yard, a, a reception dude. Sutton, 17 receptions, 324 yards, two touchdowns in eight games, and he hasn't even started a game yet. Okay, he's averaging 19.1 yards per reception. And in the NFL, that's killing it. The only problem is is that it doesn't matter when you are killing it because this is where the stat is a little bit off, Cuervo, because when you look at those numbers, those are numbers when they are trying to fight back into the end of the game and they don't have a chance of winning and they're trash stats. I love me some Sutton. I love the guy. I think he can get open. I'd love to see this guy actually sit there and start every single game for them and become that number one wide receiver that I think a lot of teams missed out on. And a matter of fact, a lot of teams should have went after him. But after one year, you're not going to get a rookie such as Sutton at at the trade deadline. It's just not going to happen in reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, sometimes those trades are are difficult to, to happen, to make happen because there's so many things that, that go into trades that we never even hear about, you know. For example, did you know the Rams had contacted Houston, since we're on the subject of the Texans, about Jadavian Clowney? I yes. just saw that. I did see it, too. I mean, I mean yeah, that didn't make news, but it happened, you know. So, because it, the only reason why it didn't make news was because it didn't happen. And if that did happen, along with the pickup that they got with the Jacksonville Jaguars, you want to talk about a team that would have killed it at the uh, – well, they killed it anyway at the trade deadline, but um, even killed it even more. I mean, if, imagine though, Sonny. Jadavian Clowney, Aaron Donald, and Dama Sue, right? Yeah. Oh, and we'll just go ahead and we'll sprinkle Dante Fowler in there on the defensive line. Just in case, he'll back up. <laughs> yeah, like, holy cow. Like, yes. forget about the exactly. rest of the defense. You don't really need anything else. You've got, you've got the defensive line of, of the decade right there. So, uh, you know, my God, imagine if that would have happened. But it didn't happen, like you said. It didn't, so it doesn't matter. But, right. Anyways, uh, you know. I'm looking at this this amazing five game winning streak that the uh, that the uh, Houston Texans have displayed. Yes, their best win was last Thursday against a bad Miami Dolphins team. Yes, you want to know who the other teams are? Jacksonville, who weren't very good at the time. The, the, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, I know it's your team, Sonny. They weren't very good. Let's, yeah, no, not really. 
okay? Before that was arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL in Buffalo, only beat them yep. by seven, okay? Week before that, they beat Dallas by three, and that was, a, that, was that Sunday night almost you know, miracle game where DeAndre Hopkins – Hit the hit the B button on Madden and and had some amazing spin moves, right? Yep. And then before that was the Indianapolis Colts team that they beat by three, and it was a shootout game. My point is, I'm just going to say it. I think this five game winning streak for the Texans is a fluke. I think Denver it's beats them today. It's a fraud, Cuervo. It's a fraud, and I'm going to and now see you so half my thunder. But that's okay. Look at it on the other side when you look at the Broncos, okay? All right, they took a loss. So one game, they took a one-point loss to the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, at Kansas City. All right? Now, they beat, the, they beat the Arizona Cardinals. Everybody can beat the Arizona Cardinals. But they only lost to the Rams by three, okay? All right, now, granted, they lost some games that they had no business losing. But, again, against the Kansas City Chiefs on October 1st, they lost – by four in that game, okay? I, I mean, the only one that really got blown out here uh, was to the Jets. The Jets yeah, completely controlled them in reality. Um, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm not a Denver fan. I don't think they're a good football team, but I think the Houston Texans are exactly what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, the pretenders. I think they're one of the biggest. And, and that happens when you get the benefit of a crappy schedule coming your way and that's what happens and they can get better but you say whatever you want about the Denver Broncos the trade for Demarius Thomas I, I thought that was stupid okay you just don't trade it to the team that you're going to play next you know, it's, guess who knows the freaking offensive you know, the offensive plays okay one, one guy there so I was looking at this and if that trade didn't happen I would have picked the Denver Broncos square well I'm going to tell you right now he has the playbook he has the play. Listen, listen. Here, here's what I'm going to tell you straight out. Okay, if the if the Houston Texans lose this game, they need to fire Bill O'Brien. They have the playbook. They just got it. For God's sake, they know what's coming their way. This is stupid. I, you know, I, you know. And here's what's going to happen. I, I think, I, I, I so desperately am so close to pulling, pulling the trigger in reality, on this Denver Broncos team and giving them the win. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going Denver. I, I think, I think, they're going, I think they're, the Houston Texans are going to lose this game. It's going to be, and they have the, and the reason why it's so obvious, first of all, five-game winning streak, you know, I'd say they're not going to do it. And then, it, you know, it, it, the, the simple fact of the matter in reality is that they have the playbook right in front of them, and they're not going to be able to figure out how to stop it. I, I you know, they're just something about this game that has made me so leery when I saw it on the schedule this week, Cuervo. I'm actually going to take the home team out. I'm going to take Denver. It has nothing to do with the home field advantage, mile high crap. It has to do with a five-game winning streak and the fact that they should win this game because they have the playbook and they're not going to do it. They're not going to. They're not going to execute enough plays to win this football game. And Cuervo, you're on mute. Oh, you're right, Sonny. I am. Sorry about that. Uh, right. I, I, I think I think that uh, I think Denver's defense is, is better than what people give them credit for. Really, I mean, I know they lost a lot. You know, they lose to leave. Yeah. Uh, uh, they you know they trade him away or whatever the case may be. 
but they still have Von Miller. You know, they've got a guy in Bradley Chubb that's starting to come along, the rookie. Yes. Denver's defense isn't bad. They're not bad at all. And so, with that said, I mean, I think they're going to find a way to get pressure on Deshaun Watson. And when Deshaun Watson has pressure, bad things can happen. So, uh, and, you know, just as much as as Houston should know uh, uh, Denver's playbook, offensive playbook, Houston, or I'm sorry, Denver is going to know Demarius Thomas's weaknesses. So they're going to they're going to completely take him out of the game. I'm telling you right now, they're going to take him out of the game. So yeah, uh, and and so I I think you know between all that and and you know them losing Will Fuller, it's going to take time for Demarius to get to get used to the playbook. He's not going to be a factor. So people that are that are thinking about starting him. In their fantasy teams, I wouldn't do it. I would bench Demarius Thomas right now if he's in your lineup. So, um, you know, I I think they're going to have to rely on the running game a little bit more than they normally do. Denver's run defense isn't that great. So if Houston was smart, they would try to run the football on the Denver Broncos. And I don't think they they would. I don't think think they're going to. They're not smart enough to figure that out. I, I agree with you. So I think I think Denver wins. I think this is going to be one of those games where you're going to be like, did you just see that? Did you just see what happened right there? Like that's the type of game that this is going to be. One of those, holy cow, I, did you see that play type game. Yep. And, and I think it's so funny that we're sitting here thinking right now, uh, you know, they have the really in reality the playbook and they're not going to get anything done with it. it it's, it's going to be, you know, and, and that takes a lot of guts to trade this guy in reality to the other team. Uh, but, you know, you want to talk about we're not worried about you factor um, is right there. So we're all on Denver. I thought I was probably going to be the only one to go out on the limb on that one uh, because of it and the five-game winning streak. But I don't trust it. I'm just like you. I look at it and say, all right, so that brings us up to this next one. Oh, sorry about this one's going to be an interesting one because the Chargers have a habit of dropping games they have no business dropping. The Chargers are 5-2. and two. They've won four in a row. Seattle, they've won two in a row. They're four and three. They're trying to fight back into the battle. It's going to be too little too late. But I think they're going to play and they're going to be interesting. And, at, you know, I look at everything. I see all those numbers. I see everything that's coming the way, you know, in this game. I love me some Phillip Rivers. In fact, I picked the Chargers. Didn't I pick the Chargers to win this division? I'm almost sure I did. Um, and both if did. I didn't, yeah, and, you know, they're playing well. It's not the fact that they're not playing well. Um, but here's the situation in reality. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson, and the wrestling attack that's coming their way because uh, Chris Carson has rushed for 457 yards and two touchdowns. So the Chargers, which, by the way, are not very good against the run. So there's a couple of things coming their way. You know, what's going to have to happen? And I have San Diego winning the game, but you know what's going to have to happen here, Cuervo, is is that Phillip Rivers is going to have to win this game in the fourth quarter because they're going to hang around too close or they're going to have to come back uh, from behind to get the victory because I have a feeling that this game, even though we should be talking about in reality the Chargers winning this game with no problem whatsoever, it's not going to be that way because this is the simple thing. This is the reason why the Chargers are who they are. Now, 
Rivers, 17 touchdown passes and only three uh, interceptions through this past seven games, okay? So that is huge for them as they go in there, and they're in the hunt in reality in the AFC West. This is a game they have to have. They cannot afford to uh, lose this game in reality because Kansas City has the, you know, bye week against the Cleveland Browns and the, no, you know, the, the coaching staff that's gone. So that's really a bye week for them. So they got to practice over there. So you know, so they're all set and ready to take the uh, football field. And, I still you know, be the franchise player. Alan, just because I said practice, practice, I mean, you have to I mean, say. It, listen, we're talking yeah. about practice. Yeah. Not a game. Yeah. Not a game. <laughs> not a game. <laughs> We're yes. talking about practice. They have Kansas City has practice today. So this is a vital game in reality for the Chargers. They have to win this football game. And Cuervo, I'm telling you right now, I don't feel very good about a game they have to win at hardly any time whenever they're out on the football field because they, they have a habit and they've shown that they know how to do it, which is dropping a game that they can't afford to happen to them. And that's what I get when I look at these Kansas or when I look at these uh, San Diego Chargers. Well, I'm sorry, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, but do you really think that's going to happen today, Sonny? I mean, who, you know, San Diego's playing. Or I call I call them San Diego too. Um, there you go. Yeah, the L.A. Chargers are playing. Um, oh God, who are they playing? You just said it too, and I, I, I've got a brain fart. Seattle. Who? Seattle, Seattle. Okay, Seattle. All right. Chargers and – you know – Hey, Seattle's won four of their last five games, Quavo. They have. Um, but, again, <laughs> I mean, who did they beat? They beat Detroit. Okay, I, that's not very hard to do. That's not hard. No, I, I know, I, I, I know, but I'm just saying – I don't know if I would have picked them. In fact, I didn't pick them to win those games on many occasions. All we got to do is go back and look at my Seattle picks, which hasn't, I haven't really picked them hardly at all this year. And uh, and it showed, yeah, uh, Detroit, uh, uh, I picked uh, Detroit to beat Seattle, and they did beat them. Um, here we go. And the Seattle Seahawks the week before that, what week? They're on the pie. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah, I think they're on the bye because I'm looking at it. Yeah, they were on the bye. So the week before that, Seattle. Um, Seattle had Oakland. Now, they beat the Oakland Raiders, which are not really the Raiders anymore in reality. And then they had the Rams. The Rams are the team that beat them. And then the game before that, uh, where is it? Da-da-da-da. Seattle, 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 Seattle. Oh, and Arizona. Yeah, so looking at those number the teams, Arizona. Um, then they they lose uh, to the Rams, and you know then the Oakland Raiders, and then last week um, Seattle gets the victory over Detroit. So you're right. Yeah, I mean last four or five, not not very impressive teams coming their way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I like the Chargers today. Sonny, uh, I mean, just just gonna throw that out there. Um, I like the Chargers too. I, I so I you know I don't know man Russell Wilson man you know I, I hate I hate going against this guy but man seventeen touchdowns three interceptions you know it, 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 sometimes it's hard to ignore a stat Cuervo and that's one that you can't normally do but 
Wilson's completed uh, 65% of his passes, 1,556 yards, 16 touchdowns, and four interceptions. And But here's the thing. 82% of his throws were 248 yards, three touchdowns last week. Um, but again, it was the Lions. Um, but the Lions were supposed to be a good uh, defensive football team. That didn't happen. I, I, I'm on San Diego, but, you know, you know, I hate that. I I I almost want to pick Seattle in this game. I really, I, in fact, I am. I'm going to switch my pick. I'm going to Seattle. This is a game San Diego should win, Cuervo, and they desperately need it. And they they just know how to drop the ball too much, and 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 then they're on the road. Um, so I I don't know if this much of a well, I guess it would be considered an, uh, an upset. But Seattle's at home, you know, comparable quarterback play just recently. Um, you know, the defense for Seattle isn't what it used to be, but it's not bad. Yeah, I'm on Seattle. I I'm, I talked myself into it. Are you going to go ahead and you're taking the San Diego Superchargers, right? <laughs> I, I'm just not even going to try anymore. Uh, well, um, actually, you know what? Let me see. Oh, <laughs> Did I change your mind? The game is in Seattle, Sonny, but you know what? It is. That that magic has kind of gone away, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say so? I that think whole, it like, has because of the fact. Because really, that that factor is because of the Legion of Boom, not because of Russell Wilson. Right, that's what I'm saying. I think that that magic of, of them being unstoppable at home is gone. I think it is. So too, really, for me, it's just going to come down to who does the more talented team, and who is the better quarterback. Um, all of it says charge the square ball. I'm not even going to question that. It's just, I'm on Seattle. You have that sneaking suspicion. Yes, I have that sneaking suspicion that the Chargers will drop a stupid football game. They have no business dropping um, in reality because they, they just do that. They're spoken. It, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just, I can't. I want, I want to pull the trigger on him, Corey. I want to say the Chargers, but the, you know, as impressive as Philip Rivers has been this year, which he has, which, but you know, but he's always been good. I, I'm telling you, he's he's one of the better quarterbacks that don't have a Super Bowl win. Um, but a one-game yeah. victory against well, Tennessee last week. Okay, now they wipe out mm-hmm. Cleveland. I have no problem, and they wipe out Oakland. Uh, but the game that scares me most when I was looking back up on this is the San Francisco game. They only got a two-point victory against San Francisco. Now, I'm not saying Seattle – yeah, I am saying Seattle's better than than San Francisco. All right? But, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm, I'm just – this is a game I worry about. And, and Hel Cuervo, he, you know, in, in two weeks they have Denver. I'm worried about them going up against Denver. It, you know, and but even though that game's at home, I'm worried about that game. So, you know, yeah, they're going to drop this game. They're, they're going to drop yeah, this game. I, 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 you know, this is it, it's so set up for them to drop it, Cuervo, because listen to the rest of the schedule. They have Oakland. They'll probably win that. They'll be in a dogfight against Denver. They have Arizona, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Kansas City. I'm, Cuervo? This is a football team that is about ready to crash and burn because the end of the season, they have got the most brutal end of the season uh, that five weeks that they got. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Baltimore, Denver again. 
they're, they're about ready to crash and burn, and it starts today. I, 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 you know what? I think they're even going to psych themselves out of this game. Even And Quavo, they're even coming off the bye, and I'm not going to pick them. I'm going Seattle. You know what? I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking about everything you're saying. I think I'm with you. I think I'm going to go Seattle. But here's the thing for me. Seattle is, has played better, and, and what I mean by that is what's the what's the one thing that was just absolutely killing them at the beginning of the season? It was their offensive line. Yes. And you know, in the past three, four weeks, Seattle, I think I could count on one hand how many times I've seen Russell Wilson go down in the past and, three and to four. And not only that, or running for his life, Cuervo, you're right. The last three weeks we haven't seen Russell Wilson Oh Jesus, can anybody get hoping? I got to run here. Yeah, I got to run out of the pocket. Yeah. He's been staying in the pocket more lately. You're right. Yeah, so, you know, the offensive line has woke up. Uh, the, 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 the defense is starting to, starting to get there. They're getting a little bit better. Uh, and, you know, you know, you look at the Chargers. Good as they should be, Cuervo. That's what it boils down to. I don't trust the Chargers to be as good as they really need to be, and they need to be good right now because that end of the that end of the schedule. I know you're not supposed to look ahead, Cuervo. I know you're supposed to play them one at a time and all that. You know, this is a football team that knows what's coming their way, Cuervo. They have to have this game, and I, I think they're going to blow it. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like. I, I I just think Seattle's playing better right now. I'm not saying they're the better team. I'm just saying Seattle is playing better right now. Yep. So that yeah. to me is the difference. And that's sometimes that's what it that's what it's all about. It's not even about being the better team. It's just who's playing better football. Right now Absolutely. the Seattle Seahawks are playing better football. And not only that, Quervo, they got nothing to lose in reality. And I'm talking about Seattle. Okay. They have nothing to lose, okay, because when you look at the standings and everything else, it's not like they're they're knocking down the doors over in the south. They, they are 4-3. and three. Los Angeles has already really won the division. They're 8-0 already. So they've got four-game lead or four, four games to make up the even win. If this football team is going to make it into the playoffs, they're right there in the hunt uh, with everybody within that division. Because the next teams that are out there, Washington's got five wins, so they're you know they probably win the division. The next team, Philadelphia four. Same thing with Chicago; they're on the top with four wins for crying out loud. New Orleans, and then it's Carolina five wins. Okay, they're in the thick of this, even though that team has not been what they're supposedly what they've been before. So you know, and, and a big victory here will put Seattle in a good spot there for for a wild card. So. Really interesting stuff there, and so it sets up to be a really good game this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm taking Wilson over Rivers. I think it's going to be interesting. I think right there, I'm surprised that we did that, but because we know who the better team is, it's not like we're stupid. All right, that happens. The Los Angeles Rams, the Rams, they are 8-0. Saints six and one, the only one that's getting talked about in reality. And frankly, I don't even this game. I don't even care about Cuervo. Don't even care about it. And it's not. I I I don't even know who to pick. 
I, I'm going to take the Rams because I think they're better defensively, and I think the Saints' defense are not ready for the offense that's going to be coming their way. And Drew Brees, if they win the football game, is going to have to do it from behind or in the fourth quarter at the last minute. I mean, this game's going to come down to the last minute. These guys are going to go toe-to-toe in reality. Uh, but I got the Rams by three in this one, and I don't even know why. Maybe, you know, yeah, there's really no rhyme or reason. You should be talking about the New Orleans Saints with the home field advantage. I don't trust it. I have never trusted home field advantage in New Orleans anyway. So you look at this game, and, you know, you're, they're just too evenly matched football team. You can take out the couch potato quarter and flip it. I don't think there's any one big advantage for anybody in this game, Cuervo. Well, Sonny, you know, this is, again, and I understand why there's so much hype for this game. Um, you know, you're talking about the two, arguably the two best teams in the NFC. Um, yeah. You're talking about, you know, two of the most potent offenses. Yeah. You're talking about, you know, obviously the Rams have an amazing defense, and then they just got a yep. little bit better. Yeah. So th- this game's got everything you want. Sometimes, just like that Alabama-LSU game last night, sometimes the hype, the buildup for it uh, doesn't match <laughs> the results. Yes, sir. Yeah. Does yes, that sir. make sense? Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's I think in this game, I kind of have that feeling like it's not going to be as good of a game as, as you think. That's why I'm more into seeing the Steelers and Ravens today. Uh, obviously, you know, we're going to get into New England and Green Bay tonight. and That's, that's going to be a good one, too. But, um, you know, for this one, I think I think it ha- it's going to be good. Um, but you're going to see it's going to quickly lose its, uh, uh, you know, it's, a, it, it's excitement, allure. if you will. Yeah. yeah. The, the allure is going to go away fast. So, I, I agree with you. This one here – and when I was looking at everything, I just, you know, I tried to look at the, the games and everything. And I just look, there's, there's three games up on this, this uh, schedule, you know, when I was looking at New Orleans. And I saw the first, first uh, uh, week loss to Tampa Bay. But then, then I just looked at the rest of the schedule. Okay. They got to win against Cleveland. Who couldn't? I mean, in reality. Um, you got to win against Atlanta. I, I'm not impressed. They got to win against the New York Gi- Giants. I'm really just not impressed. Um, Minnesota isn't what they used to be. Baltimore isn't. Uh, maybe the one that I'm almost impressed on is Washington. The, the, these aren't like the the juggernauts of the of the league as far as you know who they played it's not like they're playing the you know the new england patriots and the green bay packers and and although you know look at whatever ended up happening the rams got the the victory against the green bay packers um you know last week a big in a big time game you know that marquee game that came down to be a pretty good game in reality but i i almost like don't like those kind of games but when i looked at the schedule for for you know the the rams you know they didn't win any like really impressive huge games anyway, you know. In this winning streak, uh, they did get the victory against Green Bay, but they're 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 middle of the pack teams. Every single one of them: San Francisco, Denver, Seattle, Minnesota. You know, they're 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 five hundred. Chargers, Arizona, Oakland. 
it's not like these guys are breaking down the doors here, you know, with the Rams. So both of these teams really haven't played a lot of people in reality, so they're going to play each other, supposedly. And I say supposedly. You know, the record shows they're the best teams in the NFC, but really are they? You know, I sometimes a good, nice, cushy uh, schedule puts you in a position where you're in right now for both of them in reality. Yeah, well, and that's why that's why I really don't factor that in, Sonny. I mean, both of these teams have played cupcake schedules in reality so yes. far this year. I'm just looking at pure matchups in this one, you know. And and, and right now, um, I mean, obviously, especially with the um, you know the Rams' offense against the Saints' defense, you know, the advantage yes. has gone is going to go towards the Rams. Absolutely. I will say this though. Did you see Cameron Jordan last weekend, last Sunday night, against that Minnesota O-line? Just blowing it up. And, and, and you know, Kirk Cousins is lucky that he's not, you know, he didn't leave a, 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 in a stretcher. In a stretcher in the hospital, yep. Yeah. I mean, Cam Jordan was, was in the backfield almost every other snap. It was it was pretty crazy to see, but, you know, uh, and, and the Saints, they found a way to, to make enough plays, and, and they, they went into Minnesota and took care of business. So um, that's, that's a – you know, these both of these teams had good wins last week going into this one. Um, you know, I think for the Rams, really, I don't want to say they got lucky, but let's be real. They, they had a couple of things go their way. They got a little fortunate, especially with that Ty Montgomery fumble, who, by the way, is inactive for the Baltimore Ravens today. Just wanted to throw that yes. out there. Thank you uh, very but, much. You know, had that, <laughs> had that go their way, and, and the Rams escaped. You know, their undefeated season is still alive. So, um, but sometimes, you know, that's the, those are those are the type of wins you want, though. You want those bad battle-tested wins, and um, you know, it's not so. It's not like the Rams are just blowing teams out every weekend. Like they they they've stood the test of. Of of the season so far, and and they've they've made it out every time so far. And not only that quarter, where you think about this, the Rams have not been on a bye this this week, yeah, this year yet. They're eight zero. We're going in week number nine. They're eight zero. Okay, the, the Saints have had their bye, and the fact they're eight zero even afterwards. Now, granted, it, listen, the Rams don't have any control of what schedule's coming their way, I, and that part I get completely. Um, I, I just I I see Drew Brees and what he's capable of doing each and every week, um, but I think they're going to see a different defense this week. I really do. I think they're going to see a different uh, defense uh, more in the fact that I was I, I was actually leaning New Orleans because I I was thinking to myself who's the better quarterback. But then I went to the intangible. Well, the defenses. Who's got the better defense in reality is Rams. So I think they might be able to get enough just to get over the hump in this game to get the victory in reality. You know, even parts of, you know, the, the, the big parts is that they're home. Well, listen, New Orleans isn't great at home. It's not like they, they win every single game in there or even for that fact 90% of the games there. They, they can drop games at home. They've done it. So, you know, I don't look at a home field advantage in reality, um, both, the, you know, and I think in reality, 
for this football game, an indoor football game actually kind of, you know, with it being in in the building and not in the wide open, I think that actually in reality gives the advantage to the Rams and Gurley because there's no elements either they got to worry about either. It's going to be a nice 76 degrees and nice 70 degrees uh, in that stadium. It's going to be perfect for the Rams. Just everything in reality when I looked at this, you know, you know, I was like, oh, I'm on the, I, I'm on, I'm on the Saints. Um, then I started breaking it down, and just everything goes to the Rams. And I hate that because I don't like a team that's eight no. I know how I didn't say I hate the Rams because I hate good football teams. But then it goes back to the teams that they are playing, and I'm not impressed. You know, I'm not impressed on the other side. But I think Todd Gurley. I think Todd Gurley. In reality, you look at that. You know, 800 yards. He's been in the end zone, you know, 11 times, okay, 31 receptions out of the backfield. It's just this guy's – he's just the ultimate, and that, that's why I'm on the Rams uh, in this game. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're asking for my predictions, honey? Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, like unless, I said – Unless I'm all... missing something. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, oh, by the way, you know – we this a, there's this trade that we forgot to talk about with the Green Bay Packers trading away Ha Ha Clinton Dix to the Washington Redskins. That's, By the way, yes. he's going to play. He's going to play for yes, the Redskins I, today. He's going to start. The reason I brought that up is because they talked about it just now on NFL Network, and, and, and it reminded me of of how the, the you know the Packers are just trading guys away, and I love it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but no. Um, you know, like I said, it, it just seems like all point, all things point to the Rams, and that's why I'm going to go with the New Orleans Saints in this game. Well, I, I just and, think and that. How about Brandon Cooks too? They got Brandon Cooks from from New Orleans, and, and you know, it goes back to what we we're talking about. I mean, guys should have the playbook, or at least a partial one, anyway, for God's sake, right? Well, I mean, he he left the Patriots two years ago, or he left the he left New Orleans to go to the Patriots. And then from there he went to the Rams. So it's been a couple of years since he was removed from the Saints. So he probably doesn't know anymore. He may not know anymore. Uh, all he all he knows is Drew Brees' strengths and weaknesses for the most part. And but the question is, can you stop it? That, I, I know that's on good paper, point. I, I'm right there with you. On paper, look, it, it, it may it may seem like the Rams have what it takes. Uh, the Rams have what it takes to to stop a Drew Brees, but can you actually do it? Exactly. Can you actually do it? That's the question. And and by honestly, this statement, Cuervo, it's kind of funny when you make that statement right now. You're saying if this was the Super Bowl, you picked the New Orleans Saints. Sure. Why? Because Drew Brees. Exactly. Drew Brees I, I get it. over. Give me Drew Brees over Jared Goff. Twice on Sundays. Yep. I and, and, it, and look, it's nothing against Jared Goff. I think he's, I think he's solid. I think he's going to be a, a great quarterback in this league. He just doesn't have the experience yet. You're going up against one, one, of, the, one of the top ten of all time. All Absolutely. Right? The, the most prolific passer in, in, in the history of the game. And doing it okay? in good style this year. Yeah. And not to mention, look, the Saints' defense or the offense is no slouch either. All right, they've got weapons galore too. 
So everybody wants to, you know, drool over the Rams and, and what they have offensively. The Saints are not far behind at all. I'm telling right. you, they're not not one bit are they behind. So um, I, I'm just going more with the experience factor. This feels like a this feels like you know that tr- not a trap game, but sometimes when you just get that feeling like yes. something's about to come to an end. Yep. That's the Rams' undefeated season. I, I just feel like it's coming to an end today because and they've had a couple of close scare, you know, yeah. close scares, and I think today it catches up to them. And I think a team in the Saints going on the road to New Orleans with everything that's been going on with the Saints this year, I think they're going to get it done today, and they're going to end the they're going to end the undefeated season for the Rams. And that takes us to the quote-unquote marquee game of the league. Uh, Green Bay Packers and New England Patriots. Uh, Packers 3-3-1. Three, three, uh, Patriots 6-2. They are at home. They are in prime time. I mean, everything sp- spells marquee game in this one, Cuervo. Um, it, and, of, of course, you got two of the you, – you arguably have the greatest of all time going up against the greatest right now. And, you know – and the Patriots have, you know, really have looked at their their uh, critics and just laughed in their face. And now they're six and two, uh, on top within this division. When everybody was all loving Miami, you know, on top of the division for a couple weeks before the uh, Patriots got, you know, back to normal. Uh, the Packers are not the same. This is a football team that is not the same. You acquire vote. They got rid of a lot of ha-ha dicks. We just talked about it. Um, that some of the other ones um, that they're just letting go. This is a team that's letting players go. Um, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that this is not the same uh, Green Bay Packers team that we've seen in the past. They're three, three, and one, and they're behind your Bears. I mean, you know, one game behind the Bears. Very important game for the Green Bay Packers as well this week, Cuervo. Yeah, it is, Sonny. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, I, I I have been listening to some of the things. I'll tell you, did you hear what Stephen A. said? I think you would give him a lot of credit for what he talked about this past week. I, I, did, not, I did not take two seconds to think or listen to what Stephen A. Smith said. What, what the, what the, because half the time when you're talking to uh, Stephen A. Smith, it, it, you usually, usually throw it out of there. But I, what, the, what did he say? Yeah, so look, he, uh, now, Sonny, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm convinced now that he listens to the Couch Potato Sports Show. He has, he has to. to be listening. He has to be listening to the Couch Potato Sports Show, because you know what he talked about this week. Uh, no, he, tell me. You know, where, so what actually, did he steal, what did he steal from us that we came up with probably you know many weeks ago? Okay. No. Well. All right. Let me let me retract a little bit. He didn't exactly steal a thought from us, but he kind of took a thought from ours and took it to the next level. Okay. So what have we been talking about with the green with Aaron Rodgers? What what has been your big thing with him? He's not getting oh, any the, support, right? Absolutely. I mean, it, he's he's going to end up with a shoulder injury because he has to carry this team each week, week in and week out. Yes. So the fact that he's not getting 
the support that he needs in Green Bay, Stephen Smith goes on the air and says that Aaron Rodgers should demand a trade after the offseason. Hold on, Cueva. I said that three years ago because of the same situation. So then he did steal from us once yeah, again. Yeah, he did. Three years ago. Okay. I, I, I said it, and, and it, everybody thought I was crazy when it was the first year, and they barely made the playoffs. When I said, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I had everybody on my ass about that for 16 weeks. It didn't come to fruition until week 17. Um, and, you know, I was, at that time, I was like, Aaron Rodgers just needs to say, you know, screw this. You're not going to help me. I mean, I can be Aaron Rodgers here, but you've got to be able to give me something. I mean, instead of me making something out of nothing, out of everything, you can say anything about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Drew Brees. Okay, they had at least something that they could develop. And in reality, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had anything that they can develop over the years. They have a couple of good players uh, but nothing that he was going to be able to develop into something where you can say, yeah, I know who that guy is. <laughs> yeah. Cobb. And, and I mean, listen, Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb in reality, when you, you know, well, you know, can, can, can we talk? Randall Cobb sucks. I'm sorry he does, okay? Um, one of the he does now. Receivers, he does now. He, well, he does now. Quavo, he sucks Quavo, now. Listen, Hey, hey, hey I, and this is not me looking because there's no way for me to do it this fast. There's no way this guy's ever had a 1,000-yard season. So I'm not impressed with him ever, okay? All right, so and we go back. There was only one guy. He was just on, He was actually on What's-His-Nose's uh, uh, show uh, this week. Um, he was halfway decent. I forget who his name is. I mean, but there we go. I can't even remember the guy's name um, that they were saying uh, uh, they were playing against the 49ers. And, um, you know, it, you know, he, he said, well, you guys should get this, you know, my, my wide receiver. They were talking about it, and they were talking about the disrespect and reality that Aaron Rodgers showed to him. I mean, the really, no, I mean, really, name me a wide receiver from the Green Bay Packers or really off the top of your head. Oh, Devontae Adams is an outstanding receiver, Sonny. Uh, let, let's, let's not uh, 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 shortchange the Packers too much. As much of a okay. Packer hater as I am, All right, let's, call I'll, it give it you, I'll give you Devontae, Devontae Adams, Adams is a guy really is a stud. That he is he a is, stud. He is. But really, he is. name me any other from, that, the, from the past years. That's it. You know, Randall that's Cobb. It. That's it. Jordy Nelson, injury pro. Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobb, injury pro. Like, their 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 time was over in Green Bay, and Absolutely. Jordy and Jordy recognized that. Jordy recognized that, and, and that's the reason why he went. He listen. You can sit here and tell me all day long he wanted to stay there, but he wanted out. Now, granted, he ended up on a worse football did. team, you know, but he wanted <laughs> out of there. And there's no absolute question. And not only that. Aaron Rodgers has to carry the weight, not just for the fact that they have nobody on the offensive side. From the years past, from like last year, from he's carrying the defense too because he's got to win the games. The reason why you can't count Aaron Rodgers out is that the defense is just good enough to keep him within three or seven points. They have a chance to either tie the game or win the game. That and and that's all Aaron Rodgers, and that's the reason why. You know, I should have. I said he should have traded him, and not only that, he should have said, "Listen, if you don't want to give me the money, you know, that's fine. I'll walk." And you know, so 
And I was saying that years ago. Aaron Rodgers should not be in Green Bay because this is a franchise that does not know how to protect their best interests in reality. And then when they do, it's too late, like right now, with them giving them too much money right now. But the simple fact of the matter is he deserves every single freaking penny of it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I think the reason that uh, – Aaron Rodgers is, is going to stay in Green Bay is because of how much money is tied up into investing in Aaron Rodgers. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Yeah, uh, there's no way. That's that's just like there's not a team know, out there uh, that can do it. Not even the Rams. That seems the one to spend money all day long. Um, and but they got Carson. They got um, oh, I say Carson Wentz. Um, they have. Uh, Oh, what's his nose? Goff? His name is, yeah, Goff. Um, so he's turning into a pretty good quarterback. But I'm going to tell you right now, if it wasn't Goff, they would have probably traded for him. That's about the only team that would have done it or would have spent the money for it. And the reason why they're doing that is because they need a real fan base in L.A. Because guess what? There were more Green Bay Packers in that stadium uh, last week than there were, you know, you know, Ram fans. Right, right. So, I mean – Star power, baby. Star power in L.A. Oh, God, yeah. That would be ridiculous if if, if the Rams added anyone else to their team. That it, I mean, it's just not even fair anymore, really, yep. if you think about it. But, you know what, it's weird because the, the, the NFL is different. You know, it's not like the NBA where, you know, if you get, like, the three biggest names like Golden State has, uh, yep. you know, okay. Uh, you yep. could, you still have a chance to beat the Rams uh, if you play a great game, and I, and I think the Saints will. That's why that's why I think the Saints will win because I think they're going to play great tonight. But you know, going into tonight's game, though, look, you know, I mean, I I kind of feel bad for Rodgers because yep. you know this is a guy that has given everything to that organization. And what yeah. have they given back to besides paychecks? Look, if Rogers is all about his money and he don't care about anything else, then yeah. then it is what it is. I don't feel bad for the guy then. If he doesn't care about winning and he just wants to collect his paychecks, then, then you know, good for him. But if he wants to be a winner and if he wants to be considered one of the true greats uh, of all time, I think it's best that he that he leaves Green Bay. I agree because I just because I just I don't see Green Bay setting themselves up to be in a position to help him out. I, I the, Green Bay traditionally just doesn't. They're not active in the free agent market. Nope. They don't stockpile draft picks. They just nope. they just don't do that. They take what they, they get. They don't make moves. They don't make moves unless they're going to get rid of a player at the at the trade deadline. I don't think they got And I don't even know why. And, and Cuervo, I don't even know why. Well, I, I, think, I, I think I do know why. That, that, that game against the, the Rams for Green Bay actually impressed me. I'm actually going to take the Green Bay Packers to beat the New England Patriots. And believe me, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I already know uh, that. What for me? Believe me, I already tell know him, that. But, but, but I'm going to tell you right now, that game last week, that that was a signature game, even though it was a loss last week. That was a signature game. And right now, if you would have picked the Rams and the New England Patriots to go head-to-head, 
I'm going to tell you right now, I, I would have had the Rams in that game, and that's the reason why I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers in this game. has nothing to do, in reality, I should be taking the New England Patriots. I know they just lost HaHa Dix. I know they had a couple of losses here. But I'm going to tell you, that game last week actually kind of impressed me with a bunch of scrubs that they have on this football team and getting even close to even winning that game. Is the only reason why I'm picking the Green Bay Packers to win on Sunday night. I know I should. Everything says New England. It says Tom Brady. It it it, it says it, Gillette. It's prime time. Everything says Tom Brady and the and the Patriots. But last last week that Green Bay Packers effort, obviously they didn't win. That effort actually proved said to me they could beat the New England Patriots this week. Well, you already know I'm going New England, Sonny. Um, yep. I'm just not going to pick Green Bay to win this game. Uh, I, 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 I agree wanna... with I, – <laughs> I am fully on your side. This is that – there's been three games this week that is just fully gut. And I got a pretty good gut, very big gut. So, you know, I had room for three this week. There's something about that game last week that told – and you can never – and then we also go up against the best that there that has ever played the game going up to the best even today. Yes, Aaron Rodgers is better than Tom Brady to this point, and you know I think Tom Brady is the baddest man on the planet until he doesn't continue doing what he's doing. And a loss against Aaron Rodgers doesn't mean that he's not the baddest man on the planet, even though they want to give that title to Aaron Rodgers. Well, Stephen does. Every time Stephen talks about Aaron Rodgers, he talks about he's a bad man. All right, we're going to find now, I've out heard that in how the past. bad he is. Yeah, I've heard that. We're going to find past. out how bad he is. Yeah, he's bad already. In, in a, uh, hold he's on. bad. I pick, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. I picked Aaron Rodgers. Are you telling me that Stephen A. Smith picked the Green Bay Packers in this game? Might no, I, that's that's <laughs> no, no, Sonny. I'm just saying that's how uh, uh, when when Stephen A. Smith talks about Aaron Rodgers, and when uh, the Packers do get a big win, he always talks about he's a bad man. That's just the way he talks about Rodgers. I don't yeah. know who he picks for this game. I know who I'm picking though. I'm not going against Mr. Brady, Mr. Belichick, and the New England Patriots at home. I'm not going against that. So, mark it down. I'm taking the Patriots. I know she didn't say book it. Are you want? Are you gonna book that one or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could book it. Go for it. Yeah, let's book it. We'll make it interesting by booking it. That that's what you. <laughs> But, you know, it's going to be – listen, it is that marquee game. It's that that important one that they need up on the board for interest because people will watch this game. Like I said, I'm not fully impressed with the game personally. I'm not. I mean – uh, I mean, everything writes itself. That's one of the – you know what, Cuervo, that's the reason why I don't like this game. It writes itself. And I don't, I don't want it. I want, I want something else to come up from the game that no one's going to be talking about. But they won't talk about it because it is Brady, it is Rogers, it is uh, New England, it is Green Bay, it is in Gillette. And, you know, everybody's talking about the the obvious things, and I think we're missing out on something. That's why I can't trust it because I saw. Hey, I was on, I was on New England in a heartbeat. 
and and then just like and listening to coming up to this game, how that's all it was is Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, at Gillette in prime time. That's all it was. No one was talking about anything else in that game, and that's the reason why I was up on top of it. The however in that Cuervo is is I went back and and I should never do this because it's not good for you. Okay, um, one of the things that I liked about this whole situation. Uh, as far as the game was concerned, is that New England had not been on the bye. Green Bay was on the bye. Um, And it was when uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was healthy. I didn't like how they came off of the bye by playing crappy teams and going out there and doing what they should. Or after the injury, playing the crappy teams and going out and doing what they should. They just had the bye week just a couple weeks ago and damn near beat the Rams off the box. So, you know, and then I looked at the teams. I looked at the teams that they were playing. New England, you know, they're just stuck in that horrible division of football, okay? And they lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they shouldn't have. They lost to the Detroit Lions, which they shouldn't have. And those are the games that I looked at, and I asked myself, those two games are really horrible games. But since then, we're talking about a five-game winning streak for them going into a primetime game, and then they have Tennessee. This is all set up for the, the New England Patriots to lose this game and come back and crush the Tennessee Titans before they go into the week. So I took it a step further in reality when I was picking it, and, and when I started doing the, the background on the game, that, that is the reason why I went ahead and I took, took Green Bay, um, because it's set up for them to lose. Uh, yeah the uh, Patriots to lose because they can write that story that they always do. They lose against a team. They always come back and win. It's set up for that. Then they go on the bye. So I'm trying to write a futuristic book in reality when I'm picking this one. But that being said, we don't have a lot to talk about. I'm on the Cowboys Monday night. Are you on the Cowboys Monday night against the Tennessee Titans? I am. I am. I'll take Dallas. Um, I think Tennessee's in kind of in disarray a little bit. I think they uh, are, Marcus too. Mariota. Marcus Mariota just can't get in the rhythm. This Titans team can't get in the rhythm. And so with that said, I, I think Dallas is a little more organized, a little more functional than than the Tennessee Titans are. And I agree. I'll go with the team that, uh, that looks a little bit better. And so that's, you know, Cowboys. And not, and not only that, Cuervo, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, the Titans are going to be a good football team next year. And I don't know if it's going to be because they have Marcus Mariota or somebody else, but usually th- this team, I think they're they're close to being really, really good. And I think that comes from Rabel. This is a guy that has been able to take this team and change the mentality. of the, They used to lose football games really bad. Okay, now those in football games pretty good in reality. Um, at the, whether it's despite having Marcus Mariota or not, uh, the injuries getting the win with the victories when he was down. That's one of the reasons why he went there. But my, the only thing that worried about this game about me was Dak Prescott just having only eight touchdowns. Um, and you know, you know that 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 part worried me a little bit in reality. Uh, but getting uh, you know Amari Cooper in the off season or in the uh, bye week for the Dallas Cowboys, give him a couple weeks to get you know set and ready to go. I'm really looking to see that. But one thing in the game that worried me a little bit uh, was Tennessee. They're really good at the run, so they might be able to stop Zeke. I don't know. Uh, so 
you know, you say whatever you want about Ezekiel Elliott. Will he show up? Will he won't? 84 yards or 88 yards and uh, 4.7 so far this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens in this one. Yeah, I think it will too. And, um, you know, but I, I think, I think, like I said, I mean, Tennessee's just not in a good spot right now. I agree. And, um, it's it just, uh, I think they'll be oh, good they've got a lot of work to do. I want to say yes, but I, 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 I really have a hard time believing that. I don't, I don't know what, what it is with the Titans, Sonny. It's just, you know, they were a playoff team last year, and now they just they look like a team that I, w- I don't want to say forgot how to play football. They're just not in a good rhythm at all. They're just not playing well. I agree. I, and they, they, and it's about consistency in the NFL. I mean, in reality, and that's one thing um, they don't have. That's and the one thing ab- they don't have. Absolutely, and and I think that's the reason why. And you can say whatever you're about about the Cowboys, okay? Not having consistency because that's just what they are all about half the time. Um, but mm-hmm. that having been said, I think. I think Dak Prescott's so much better than everybody gives him credit for. I really do. I think this guy's ready to rock and roll, and I think he's going to be – and they're going to be happy that they had him because I think the Dallas Cowboys will be much better when they get a real head coach for this football team that can call, call offensive plays. And I think that's what's lacking in Dallas is an offensive play caller. Absolutely. Yeah, so. you're right. I think that's, that's what they're lacking, creativity on the offensive side. And, you know, just one guy on defense that scares you. That's what I always talk about with defense. If you got a guy that scares the other team, then you have a good defense. Absolutely. And, and they don't have it. You're right. And so it's be interesting to see what they end up going with it. So that's going to do it for us here. On that being said, it's our Sunday morning tradition. It continues into this year as well as it's going to continue well beyond and go into our next season in February. So let's check that out. That's it. Three hours done and over week with. It's week number nine. Where both got John Hanson and I can almost hear him. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Can you hear it? <laughs> so it's John Hanson in the background. It's time for seven hours of the NFL over on Red Zone. Make sure you get on over there. We're out of here, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. The first Sunday in November. There it is. Ago, the Ravens beat the Steelers, and Joe Flacco said it wasn't the toughest Steelers team that he's played. Well, Penny Pittsburgh comes in. On a- there you go, Sonny. Have a good one. I- yep, catch you later, man.